Good evening and welcome to Insight. I am Gino, your host, and next to me, as always, Pastor Matt Van Bravet. Matt, <laughs> yeah, what's we're going back. On, brother? We're back. It's we're only been like back. a month. Yeah, well, a few weeks at least. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is like week four that you've been dodging me. I'm starting to think that you didn't want me to be on your show anymore. <laughs> man, every no, week. Man, it's so just been I... crazy. Rescue Lots the Fosters happening. has been like overscheduled. Um, a couple of them. One was a mistake, and then we need people really needed to get on and tell their story. And I'm like, man, I don't have any time. So I'm like, okay, Wednesday is gonna have to take a break because these were important stories from parents and things that needed to get out. They were timely matters. So, yeah. Anyway, those are out of the way now. So it's uh, full steam ahead. We already have a question in the chat from Adam Hugapug, our good friend Adam. It says, <laughs> yeah, uh, just that. out of curiosity, what is your take on Christians needing deliverance? Matt, you go first. <laughs> what is my take yes that is my take <laughs> that was absolutely That's well it absolutely yes it's 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 a real thing uh the, the problem is we we can't we can't deliver ourselves and that's the reason why we stay locked in cycles that's the reason why we stay stuck in, in circumstance we can't deliver ourselves it, it needs to be with the intervention of god and the holy spirit to actually break generational chains to break you know struggles off of our lives yes we absolutely need it and the thing is there's a you know there's the whole it's like a it's a mixed bag as to how people feel about it you know there's a i guess some that think that deliverance doesn't exist anymore but i've seen it i've seen it in my own life i've seen it in before my own eyes yes i believe it's absolutely necessary i believe that if you're stuck in a cycle and you just can't seem to break it then deliverance is your answer not pharmaceuticals i just dropped that one boom <laughs> right off the get-go man I like oh it. Right take off, it right out the gate no i i'm yeah. with you man i'm with you and you know miko we've had her on several times so miko's talked about this we've talked about it in other shows adam i'm 100 percent convinced christians also need deliverance um, yes. And I can attest to it because I needed it. I was an anxious person, didn't even know it, didn't know what was going on inside me for years. And uh, I actually did self-deliverance. I felt like God had led me to that point one night. And as strange as it sounds, I was literally delivered in a moment and have never looked back. Now, does it try to rear its ugly head occasionally? Yes. But I recognize yeah. it now and I can tell it to get lost in his authority and it leaves instantly. Um yeah, I mean, it's here's here's one thing, though, I got to tell you that I was confused on for a long time, and I was 100% on the other side of the fence with this. I used to think Christians could only be oppressed by the enemy from the outside. I didn't believe they could be have have the enemy living within them because we were the temples of the living God. I was wrong on that. Um Actually, there was a great teaching, Isaiah Saldivar, and he's he can be pretty controversial. A lot of people think he's controversial, but yeah. I like I like the guy. I think he has some good solid stuff. Some of it, you know, maybe I'd question some of it, but he's a young guy. But he read he did a show, it was about a two hour show. Man, I wish I could give you the link, Adam. If I find it, I'll send it to you. He did a two hour show show on deliverance. And that's kind of his shtick, you know, the whole deliverance thing. But he had a resource, it was a book that a pastor had written back i think it was in the 50s or 60s and man did this guy lay it out and showed why christians could be um 
indwelled by a spirit inside their body, not just from the outside. And I was like, ah, I don't know. After he was done going through the scriptures and and the reasons why it could possibly be that way, I was blown away. I mean, I was literally like, holy cow, this is true. So I have changed my my opinion on that. I do believe it's it's from within and without. And it is something we have to recognize and we have to be on guard because that thing or those things, especially generational type stuff in your lineage, can definitely wreak havoc in our lives. And if you see patterns, that's almost a cut that's almost a clear cut sign that something's going on spiritually that needs to be cut loose. And it's, you know, some, <laughs> Matt, you know, this, most churches do not believe that most churches won't even right. touch this subject with a 10 foot pole. Unfortunately, that hurts their congregations because their congregations are bound up by things that could, they could be delivered from rather easily too. Well, I think, uh, I think honestly, Christians, Christians need deliverance far more than anyone who isn't a believer. The non-believers don't need deliverance because they don't know that there's anything wrong in their life. They don't understand the reasons why they're being, they're going through these bouts of depression and anxiety, and they don't understand that there's a spiritual attack that's being waged on them. You know, the, I think the, I think the devil targets believers because we're the threats not the ones that walk around oblivious. It's it's us. We're the threats. We're the ones that understand the authority that God has given us. And so, of course, we are going to face oppression. <laughs> like, he's going to come for us because we're the ones that are actually threatening his agenda, not the ones that unfortunately don't believe. <laughs> no, that's, 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 the, a, that's the truth of it. That's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah, why would he? He doesn't care about the world. He's already got the world locked in his grips. It's right. us. I don't need to confuse someone who's already confused. Right. I need to confuse someone who has clarity. So yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question, man. Way to start it off. Adam, (laughs) it is unfortunate how many Christians deny the need or fail to recognize the need for deliverance. Yeah, I'm with you. I got to tell you, I mean, it's weird. I'm not going to lie. Is it weird? Yeah. Deliverance is weird, but the spiritual realm is a very weird place. There's a lot going on there that, that is unseen, obviously. And needs to be exposed. And man, if you go to a church where deliverance is actually being done, or you, you witness it firsthand, just in a small group, <laughs> yeah, you will never be the same. Because <laughs> you, I'm telling you what, man, it's insane. the first time I saw it. It was the first time I actually saw it. I was like, huh, you know. Now this is you know knowing who God is and and you know believing in 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 the Lord and and you know giving my life to Him and being on that, being on that, like in that covenant agreement with him, I was there, but I'd never actually physically seen that because I was in churches, like you said, that kind of limited that sort of understanding. They didn't teach on it. And so, you you know, I kind of went into it in, I guess, in a certain level of ignorance, (laughs) you know, I just didn't know, you know, and then the first time I, I think I saw, I saw a young woman at a church and, uh, you know, she was going through some things in her life. You could kind of see that, you know, I have, um, I've always had the, the, the gift of discerning spirits. And so I actually could see that there was something on this girl and, you know, but you don't, you don't say anything, you know, she's just sitting there in the back, just being all quiet. And the, the pastor called her up front, like, 
pointed her right out and was like, come up here, <laughs> like, come up here, you know, because mm-hmm. he felt that it, she, well, she felt it being pressed on her. And the next thing you know, it was the wildest thing, man. She was on the ground, literally like 10 feet in front of me. And she was growling. She was growling. Like I'd never seen a human being actually do do things like this it's like this sort of thing you couldn't make up she was contorting her body in a way that I'm, I'm I was thinking to myself like that has got to be painful like that has to hurt like she's gonna come out of this like she was just in like a three-round prize fight um and I just I I couldn't even say anything I just had to I, I had to just kind of watch to see how it all played out and when it finally cleared her she was so joyful it was just like, wow. I mean, I, it's one of those things that like, it's stuck with me to this day and it's been years since this happened, but I was just like, what was going on with that? You know, like, um, what is, uh, I can't think of what his name is. Uh, the guy who just did, uh, come out in Jesus name. Um, Greg Locke. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was, do you remember, I think, I, I think I mentioned to you that when, when we went, my wife and I went and saw that at the theater mm-hmm. and he had talked about the fact that, you know, he had, he yeah. had been raised in a, a Baptist tradition, you know, and they didn't really teach on it. And so he had been, you know, heading a church for the better part of 20 years, not teaching on it. And then they were having like a, you know, an altar baptism and, and a grandmother wanted her granddaughter to be baptized. And uh, so the grandmother got in the tub first and they put the the granddaughter in. And almost as soon as she hit that water, it was the same thing, growling and spitting and trying everything she could do to get out of that water. Like she was in a bat of like acid. And the pastor was like, I I was shocked. I didn't even know what was going on. And all the congregation is watching this. And he's like, I just, I didn't know, you know? And so he, that's where God kind of took him further and took him deeper. And now like his real emphasis of his church is deliverance and it's for deliverance for believers. (laughs) You know, it's available to all of us, but it's for believers. Yeah. Wow. So my good friend, Chris, unlimited and non in the chat. I see. What is welcome Chris? So deliverance is when a, uh, entity, spiritual entity is present and wreaking havoc in a person's life. So, and it could be even subtle things. It doesn't have to be wreaking havoc. It could be like just patterns, cycles of things that continuously happen to you or your, your family. Um, you socially withdrawn. Yeah. You know, anything to stifle, anything to stifle your, your God given, um, you know, cause God has a purpose for all of us and it's anything to hinder that purpose. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so so deliverance, um, is using, okay. Believers have the Holy spirit living inside of them. So we have authority through Jesus Christ to exercise demons. So these demons that are oppressing or from within can be cast out just like Jesus cast them out and the disciples did in the new Testament. And so when you do that, it's like this baggage comes off you. Now it might be one demon. It could be legions like oh, we yeah. see in scripture. It depends what, yep. you, what your life was like and how many doors you opened up to the spiritual realm. So first of all, though, to be delivered completely, you need to be born again in Christ. So you have to be a hundred percent sold out for Christ, living it, not just confessing it. That's, that's one thing. Otherwise it just keeps the door open and they keep coming in and they bring more. That's the other thing. They'll bring more with them. Yeah, they bring friends. Oh, yeah, friends. Yeah. 
and it's a very <laughs> um deceptive thing because it it can even come across as health issues sometimes or mental issues and so they'll try to medicate it or they'll try to you know do other therapy and things like that to get rid of these things but they never get to the root of the problem and i gosh i matt i bet i bet i'm gonna say 75 percent of mental patients people that have issues with their brain their mind it's probably demons yeah, they de probably demonic affliction yeah that is a <clears throat> common thing and it can go back generations that's the thing like you gotta yeah go it can be transferred through the umbilical stuff. cord it's really sick well i mean think about what jesus jesus delivered he delivered the the man um you know with the with the demons and sent the demons into the pig this was a man that was like he was ripping his own skin off <laughs> you know what i mean you can't tell me that that's a person who's mentally well right you know no. where where you're waging war on yourself and think about think about the generations these days. Think about these children. Think about the teens. Think about this 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 generation right now. There's more self harm going on than probably ever in, in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, and what do what do they say? Like my daughter actually went through this. Amazingly enough, when she was 13, 14, she was going through this really awkward phase and just wasn't fitting in. And I noticed that, uh, you know, I noticed she had these red marks on her and. I, Ange and I were like, well, what's the deal with these marks? You know, and it, it, she just, she froze and didn't want to talk about it. And it's like, well, no, we're going to talk about it because something's going on. And the more that I paid attention, the more marks I noticed. Hmm. And, you know, she had been, she had been burning herself with pencil erasers. And so I asked her like, why would you do this? And, and, she she said it was a coping mechanism how is hurting yourself helping you to cope with something other than just distracting you from the thing that you're you're so you're suffering with so that that right there tells you that there's a spiritual root to it you know we are we are we're spiritual beings in a skin suit <laughs> like the, the, you know every everything is everything is an energy you are an energy. I'm an energy. And so it's just like any other form of energy. I worked in, I worked in low voltage electric electrical work for the better part of 20 years. And there's, you know, polarities, there's reverse polarities, there's forward polarities. There's all these different things that can stop the flow. And that's what it is in the spiritual world to try to break it down in a more, I guess, fleshly understanding. Um, you know, it's this push and pull that's happening and so you know and then obviously you have your free will as well so you have your free will and so you can you can choose to accept your uh, afflictions and your affirmities or you can choose to be delivered and be free of them right yeah open doors would be like anytime you're dealing with the occult like i know in my past i, I dabbled with new age crap and you know looking into shame on you mirrors and you know crystals and things like that for a little bit and then um i had um what do they call that uh not sue saying uh like like oh what do they call those people that 
predict your future um oh my gosh fortune teller fortune teller my gosh i couldn't remember the name fortune teller <laughs> i had I that remember. wasn't even like a hard one i know i was thinking of prophetic because i was thinking from the from the christian side prophecy and stuff like that but yeah um but then also sex i mean if you have sex with multiple partners this is the yep. crazy thing with sex so let's say you have you you have sex with you know lisa let's just say her name's lisa lisa has already had sex Let's say you're 18 years old. Let's say Lisa has already had sex with with four other men. So Lisa just brought all four of them men into bed with you. Not only them, but the demons that are with those men also. Right. So right, right. who knows how many demons that is. Then your own sexual escapades are brought into the bedroom. So all of a sudden, all this baggage is thrust upon you through sex not that doesn't even count like any drug use that opened up doors through through you know being high uh being drunk i mean i used to be drunk all the time growing up like <laughs> who knows what Same. crap i let in yeah all this stuff let's let's demons and so but Same, it yeah. also is generational stuff there's a lot of generational baggage that you don't even know your ancestors were doing like if they were involved with yeah. some crooked stuff that gets carried down i know it sounds you know unfair but the demons the demons don't care about fair. They just look for loopholes. That's all they care about. Well, because the, like I said before, that's what they want to do. They want to stifle you from your purpose. That's their ultimate goal. And they'll, t and they'll do it in a way that is familiar. They'll do it in a way that's comfortable. You know, I don't think any person who's ever became addicted to any sort of substance ever planned on that. You know, it was, they welcomed it like a friend. You know, this is a great, we're having a great time. Everything's good until it's not good. And then at that point, the hooks are so far in, you can't see up from down. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's the way that it goes. You know, it starts with subtleties. And then eventually, you know, the oppression kind of, it, it just, it goes harder and harder. You know, I was, it's funny because I was actually talking to, uh, I was talking to my wife earlier and I was, saying that the word why is is something that I get asked a lot. <laughs> you know, like, why do I always fall into these bad relationships? Why do I have to suffer with this? You know, why, why is this happening to me? Why can't I do this? Why can't I have this? I don't believe at this point that why is actually a word. I just believe it's an anagram. I believe it is. I believe that a why is just simply who hurt you who helped you and who healed you. That's why you want an answer to every why question that could ever be answered. Those are your, those are your questions you need to ask yourself. Who hurt you? Who then helped you and who then healed you? You know, and that's really what it comes down to, man, the deliverance, man, that's a deep, uh, that's a deep well. It's a deep well, because it can it affect is. us all in so many different ways, even in subtle ways. It doesn't have to be to the extremes. It could just be someone that, you know, is socially withdrawn because the devil knows that you have a voice and that you just, you need to be heard. You have something to be said. Instead, he convinces you that, you know, he sends his minions to convince you that you're not worth hearing. And so you withdraw. You know, I know because I went through that for a long period in my life where I didn't have that boldness um, to really, I guess, just be comfortable in my own skin. Whenever I was talking, it was ever, it was always a clever anecdote or a joke or something like that just to make people laugh. But I, that, 
it was part of the deflection that I used. So that way people didn't really get a good look at me because I wasn't happy at the person I saw in the mirror. That's a, that's another form of, of spiritual torment. Yeah, sure is. Adam said, yeah. uh, Dr. Francis Miles describes repetitive sins that can become an altar of compulsion used by evil entities. Oh man, ain't that the truth? <laughs> right on. That's, yeah, that's, that's what good we're way saying. To say it. Yeah, that's a Isaiah idea. Salvador. I watched him do it. I watched him talk about it. You brought him up. And he's he's uh, he has he's got like a whole um, you know he's got a few people that come along with mm -hmm. him, but he uh, they were saying that if you're suffering from so, any sort of um, uncontrollable compulsion or addiction, you're not alone. So I was like, wow. Yeah. And Something to think about that. Yeah, but this is the you balance. Got company too. in your house. This is the balance too, though, Matt. Like everything's not a demon either. We that's have right. to take we have to take responsibility for our own actions. That's why I'm saying that that's why yeah. I said the free yeah, will. There's the free will aspect of yep. it. You know, I mean, sometimes it takes some self-discipline and, and you have to you have to battle your own will because the flesh will push and pull you also. You know, and that's a, that's another factor. A lot of Christians, though, I think they use that as the excuse. Well, the devil made me do it, you know, and well, yeah, sure. You know, he, the, the devil devil's in the details. He might have tempted you, but we have yeah. to resist the temptation and that we do that yeah. through walking with Jesus every day. All right, Matt. So that wasn't the subject matter tonight, but <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I'm well, glad Adam. You asked Adam the question. Let, yeah. Let's let's try and get a You know, let's try and get yeah. an answer. And Adam, I, I would highly recommend you go back and watch some of our I think it was probably the first two episodes, maybe three with Miko and yeah, uh, yeah. about deliverance. Oh man, that was some good stuff. And that's also now, Matt, what a great segue. It is now <laughs> available on your favorite podcasting platform. We've got Spotify, we've got iHeart, we got Apple Podcasts, and we have Pandora. So you can go to any one of those. And there's a couple others we're on too, but they're smaller platforms. But you can go to any one of those and just type in Insight, I-N-S-I-T-E, and all we, I have, I think I've uploaded about 50 shows right now. Yeah. Right there. Inside. Um, now I haven't, there's only a few from, I think I've got maybe seven or eight from insight this Wednesday show. Uh, but from now on, I'm uploading every show I do. So every day I have a show, it'll be up there. And if you just want to listen in your car, there you go. We're going like nationwide like, baby. like magic. Yeah. No problem. No problem, Chris. Thank you guys for explanation. Got to take a call. No problem, bro. Good luck. Yep. Yeah, Do Chris, Chris, man, Chris is, we've had Chris on our other show and um, you want to hear about a horrendous story. So the state of Massachusetts stole his daughter um, oh, a while, wow. uh, yeah, a few years ago, and he's been trying to get her back and they actually banned him from the state of Massachusetts, put an ankle bracelet on him. He has no felonies and no misdemeanors. And he's been kicked out of the state. How do you ban someone from a state? Although this I was one for Canada. So <laughs> I was a banned whole country. from a country. <laughs> yeah, Adam, yes. Devil made may have made them do it, but someone opened the door. See, that's the thing. That's right. Christians, yep. we have to that's why Jesus was so adamant when he was talking about this stuff like you don't you resist him. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's what we're supposed to do. But if we let temptations come in and, you know, and we all have our vices. Let's face it. Every, all of us are susceptible to sure. something or multiple things. I know what mine are and I have to like resist and it's not easy. Of course it's not. This is, this is what cracks me up, Matt. Robert said this one time and, and I said, man, that is so true. 
He said one of Uh-oh. a guy a guy he used to work with would always say, "Ah, oh, you Christians got it so easy." Blah blah. <laughs> he's like, "You're, you're all weak, yeah. you know. You're weak and lazy and all this." And, and he's like laughing. He's like, "Bro, you don't even know what you're talking about." The show says, just turned into a comedy yeah. show. Yeah, you don't even have to worry about your sin. I mean, you will eventually. You just don't right now. You just live the way you want to live. Us, we have to deal with it all day long, every day, until we yep. go home. So that's Truth. the difference. Yeah, if we're truly following him, then we will be in that fight every day. That struggle between flesh and spirit will be ever-present in our lives for sure. Anyway, so tonight's topic was actually going to be one of my favorite things actually is when we take scripture out of context and use it like we can just throw it around any way we want in any context we want to put it in. Now I am going to say this and I'll just throw this little disclaimer up here right now while I'm saying it. There are some scriptures, Matt, that I believe, and we'll, we'll go over a couple of them tonight that I believe can be used for in general for believers. Okay. Now, the original scripture may not have been intended that way because it was speaking to a particular person, and, and we'll get into that in a second, or, or a people group. But because we've been grafted in, I can see that promise being available to all of us as believers in him because he's good and loving, and it does apply to our own personal lives too. So I, I know that's, that's man, you're, I'm treading lightly when I say this because this is a yep. fine line. Because I know there are hardcore Christians out there like, no, no way, man, brother. It's this <laughs> and it's it's this way or the highway. I get right. it. I get it. But I can tell you in my own personal life, when God has spoken to me, and I'm not saying an audible voice, I'm saying that that inner voice that, you know, my sheep hear my voice, or when he's led me down a path or he's given me dreams, sometimes he will use a scripture out of context. It's living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. So... It, and I think his word can be used in multiple ways sometimes. I don't, but I have to be careful saying that because I don't want anybody just taking, plucking verses out and saying, this is it. This means this, and I'm, I'm going to use it this way. That's wrong. We have to exegete the, the scriptures. That's, that's very important. So I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I'm not a heretic or, you know, trying to start something. <laughs> it's just, I, it's just, I think there are some, and we'll go over them tonight and you might disagree. You might disagree. I don't know. We'll see. And I mean, Matt, put it in the comments. Yeah. Put it in the comments. You disagree, then I'm good with that. That's fine. I get it. No big deal. So, all right. So let's start with a video. This is Dr. Dr. Michael Heiser, one of my favorites. I brought him up zillions of times on this show and my, on my others. He, he I think I've heard of him before. Yeah, maybe (laughs) he passed away. Oh gosh. It's been about a year now, I think. Uh, But what a great teacher. Um, And this woman asked him a question and I thought this, this will get us going for the night. Dr. Heiser, what's your short answer to someone who asks you what it means to interpret the Bible in context? Mm -hmm. Interpreting the Bible in context is about reading the Bible the way the original writer would have thought about what he was composing and his original audience what they would have been hearing. When you read the Old Testament, I want the ancient Israelite living in your head. When you read the New Testament, I want the first century Jew or the second temple period, the intertestamental period Jew living in your head. Because I want you to be able to, to see the text, see what's written the way they would have been thinking about it. And that takes a lot of work, but we have a lot of tools today, fortunately, that we're able to do that. But that's ultimately the goal. Okay, that right there is great advice. 
because once I understood context. that oh man, ten because context, a lot of us in let's just face it, in Western civilization, we think of context, well, the words that surround it in a paragraph, right? But context sure. isn't always just words. It could be the culture. It could be people, traditions. Places, it could things. be people. But yeah, it could be a whole bunch of different things. And so it is, that was the one thing, Matt, that revolutionized reading God's word for me is understanding the culture that was being spoken to, either through the apostles, the disciples, uh, you know, uh, Jesus himself, uh, Yahweh, like you had to know who he was speaking to. So you had a better understanding of what's going on in those passages. Because if you don't have that, I mean, let's face it, like how many times have you heard a joke? And if you, if you came in halfway through the joke, the punchline wouldn't be funny to you. You'd be like, what? I don't get it. But if right. you were there for the whole joke, you get it because you're like, oh, he was talking to this, this guy in the audience and he was making fun of him because, you know, the way his hair was or something. And then, oh, now it makes sense. Like, it's kind of like that. We just have to, we have to understand what's going on and who's being spoken to. That's part of it. There's a lot more, but that was a huge stepping stone for me to starting to be, to start taking scripture and then looking at it and saying, oh, I get what's being said there. Now it's not so weird or bizarre. He's speaking to this group of people. You know, like when he's when Paul's addressing the churches in the epistles, you start reading and you're like, what is he talking about? Why is he talking about that subject? And then you're like, oh, because that was going on in that particular church and he was addressing it. Now, that can be fast forward 2000 years. It could be going on in a church right now and it applies to, the, to one of our churches. Right. Sure. So, yeah, that's what's what's amazing about the word. And I know you just got done with a rigorous routine. Um, and, and getting your pastoral doctorate. So what do you think about all that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Listen, the parallels, the the biblical parallels that I see almost on a regular basis, um, all because of, like you said, I try to take into context uh, what the scripture was saying. And man, it's still so relevant today. It's still so relevant today. You were actually on when I when I did that teaching about how we're we are in a Nebuchadnezzar moment, you know. And it's like I don't know if you ever heard it that way, but that was the way that God gave it to me about the fact that you know how how our our powers that be are are searching after the 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 influence of the youth, and that's he did the very same thing. He did the very same thing. The parallels in, in the Bible. I mean, that's why the, it's it's an infinite word. And so, yeah, it just it, it's it's as relevant today as it was then. But yes, I do think that, you know, making sure that you're doing your due diligence to understand the context in which the author was speaking is important. It's Otherwise, also important you, you to understand who, for, who the author is. Now we know right, God. Right. God is the ultimate author, but the person sure. he's writing through also has a point of view, and right. his his own experience play into the writing. God didn't just. It wasn't like, I think a lot of Christians think that, you know, when we say it's the inspired word of God, that they just God just dictated it to someone and they wrote it down. That's not what happened. They were moved along by the Spirit, so they were inspired by Him, and and that. But that book is infallible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not. There are there mistakes in it. Yes, but that's only through transliteration and transcribed um, document. You know, there's mistakes made along the way. 
but it's not, it doesn't change the meaning of the book. It's like a zero was added, you know, or two zeros and it was supposed to be one or something. It's minor, minor mistakes. It's, it never changes the message of the Bible from start to finish. That's important. By a strange Adam, coincidence, I don't believe in coincidences. <laughs> yeah. That is a strange coincidence. Yes. <laughs> I like that one. That's yeah. like uh, Adam. That sounds like a Mez Mezdom uh, nugget. I don't know yeah. if I know who Mez is, Matt, but Mez, he uh, leaves some nuggets in the chats every now and then for everybody. Nothing happens Anyways. by chance. Yeah. So you know, I think that's important to understand the inspiration of the Holy Spirit upon the men that moved and wrote the book. 40, what is it, 40 authors, 66 books, four, uh, five continents or four continents um, over the period of, gosh, 1,500 or 1,800 years. Like, But yet there is a perfect symmetry going from start to finish. It's amazing. Yep. The, none of it none of it contradicts itself. No, no, it doesn't. I, I used to think it did when I first started reading it and I was a new Christian. I'm like, oh. I found a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're looking for it though. I was. That's the was thing. Saying. You're looking yeah. for it. It's just like it's just like when you're when you're in this like perfect relationship, mm -hmm. and you're like, but no, there's got to be something wrong. Just because your worldview comes into perspective, you know, your flesh comes into perspective. This can't be, you know, love at at first sight. There's got to be something wrong with this with this girl. Like, there's got to be something wrong with her. She can't be perfect. There's no way. It's, it's kind of that same sort of thing. <laughs> Adam said, there is an agricultural podcast I listen to, and one of the key topics they always discuss is context. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, you wouldn't want like an auto mechanic telling you how to do agriculture. <laughs> Probably right. wouldn't work real well, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ag or an agriculture. Yeah. I'm with it. All right. Rumble is under attack. I, I know, man. Um, so I was just, actually, it's funny because... Matt's wife sent me over a video earlier and they were talking about that. We're under attack. There's, there's, of course we are. <laughs> there's, there's people in this government that are working with a foreign government, namely China that are, um, cooperating, you said the allowing, word. yeah. And allowing them to do attacks. Rumble was down for a long time. Was it yesterday or the day before? I can't remember. I was trying to do some work on there and upload things and I'm like, what is going on? I, and I went to some website and it showed like half the country was down for rumble. So yeah, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, wake oh, up, cool, oh ye sleeper. Wake up, yeah. oh ye sleeper. Look, it's been my contention for years now that when the the day that was coming was going to be when they shut the internet down. They're going to have to because this is the only bastion of free speech left. And yeah. it's it's and they will shut it down temporarily. I think it's going to go down for a while, but it ain't forever because we got some good days ahead of us, bro. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the J6 videos too. Yeah, for sure, Chris. 100%. Yep. All right, Matt. What do you say we get into it, bro? Well, uh, let's go. Let's right, go. Let's start. Let me... I'm in the car. You're driving, man. <laughs> all right. Let's start here. I'll share my screen. Uh, let me zoom in a little bit. Matt, can you... I know you've got better eyes than I do, but I'm still going <laughs> to... Let's go. Right I have there. four eyes, man. Yeah, but your glasses work better than mine, isn't it? I don't feel like putting them on. Okay, so here we go. This was a Karen and Jeremy in the morning. Apparently, they have a talk show somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I found it. I thought, okay, yeah, this one's pretty good. I read through it quickly. So you want to go ahead and read it. First of all, the most popular Bible verses used out of context. So let's let's go here. Let's start reading here. 
All right. Uh, the word of God is an absolute necessity. All 66 books were inspired and authored by the Holy Spirit of God using 40 human instruments. Orthodox Christianity believes that in the scriptures, in their original manuscripts, are without error and fault. The Bible is not merely a collection of quotes or one-liners, but it is literally the word of God. When the scriptures speak, God is speaking. That is why we must approach the Bible with extreme care and intentionality. How it is read, memorized, and quoted is of the utmost importance. However, Christians often misunderstand, misquote, or misuse verses in the Bible. For example, we may turn to the concordance in the back wanting to find a verse of the, on a particular subject, read the one suggested, find a favorite one, and then start quoting away. Or possibly we hear others misquoting verses. They sound right in the moment, so we also begin spreading the misuse without taking the time to study the verse and its audience intended context. Here's a list of the five most misused and abused Bible verses. Oh, Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 is actually on every bottle of hot sauce that I just produced. That scripture. <laughs> that scripture is on the bottle. No, that is in context because no. I believe it because I'm taking on I'm taking on the role of an entrepreneur and that is a whole nother world for me. And I know that the only way it's happening is if God makes you know it happen. It. You know what? He's opening up doors that So Matt, this is the one of the scriptures I was talking about earlier where I believe it's it yes, there's a context to it, but it can also be used. I use it in my daily life every day. I say this every yes, single sir. day. It's part of my prayer routine I have. Um so go ahead and read it and then we'll discuss it. All right, so I can do all things through him who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. Okay, so out of context, this verse has nothing to do with dunking a basketball, hitting a game-winning home run, bench pressing a bus, winning the lottery, or closing a business deal. In context, the Apostle Paul is under house arrest, awaiting his trial, where he may possibly be put to death for preaching the resurrection of Jesus. However, instead of being defeated by unfortunate circumstances, Paul is using this opportunity to teach the young church of Philippi that he can endure any and every circumstance, ups and downs, highs and lows, because he has the strength that only comes from Christ. The supernatural strength to endure all seasons and situations is always with Paul because the Holy Spirit of Christ is always with him, even in prison. There you go. There you have it. Excellent. It's not going to help. Okay. It's not going to help you dunk a basketball. No. <laughs> or bench press a bus, apparently. Okay. Okay. Let's start with that, though. Okay. Let's say I'm a professional athlete, and I'm not. <laughs> Trust me. Come I, on. I can understand an athlete that's born again, believes in Christ, quoting sure. the scripture, even on an interview, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But to be consistent, that athlete has to use the same scripture when he's in a slump and he's yeah, you know, batting when enduring when, he, when he's batting a hundred over the last 20 games or when he can't hit a three pointer to save his life, you know, or whatever, hitting a bad golf shot all the time. Like it has to be that, that behavior has to be consistent to use that scripture because Paul was in prison facing death 
and writing to the church in Philippi. And let's say, just be honest real quick yeah, here. Yeah. That was like a straight up like dungeon. I mean, we think prisons these days, have you ever yeah. seen like the prison yeah. shows? They, they don't can seem be pretty like the bougie. most pleasant place, but I'm talking this, this guy was in a dungeon, you know, rats running around. You imagine like dim lighting, weird water and substances dripping from the ceiling. My guy was in the pit. <laughs> Just Adam, did you see Adam said you mean bumper sticker doctrine might be faulty? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, maybe. But isn't that true, Matt? Like a lot of us will just take it when things are, you know, I can do all things through Christ. And it's like this very inspirational thing. And it is. It is very inspirational. Yeah. But we have to be careful with it. And I I'm this is one of those scriptures that I was talking about where yes, it was a particular word that Paul was delivering to the church at Philippi because they were being tormented yeah and uh there was a lot of bad things going on in the roman empire at that time against the church and then you have paul in prison in a really danky place like you're talking about chained um i was he with timothy in that i think he was with timothy in that one mm-hmm. um and so it's it's just bad it's bad all around but yet he's praising god and saying i can do all things through him so what what do you say do you think it's okay to have that bumper sticker like adam said on your car and so, you know, if I have Philippians 413 on, on my bumper sticker, is that good or bad? Um, I guess it all depends on the motivation behind the sticker. Um, uh, you know, what are you trying to present? You know, like I said, I put it on all my bottles of hot sauce, but that's because this year has been a bigger, it's been a bigger like trial, a bigger struggle for me than any year that I've ever had. And honestly, there's been times where I literally felt like, I just, I kind of felt hopeless, but I had to keep reminding myself of these things. I had to keep reminding myself that God's got this. He's going to help me. He's going to see me through. I know that he will. And I'm I'm just standing on that, no matter how things get difficult. And so I know it seems a little silly, but the, when I see those finished bottles of hot sauce in Philippians 4, 13 on there, uh, I not only put it on there for the purpose, the fact that it's, you know, it's a... Pr- I guess it's a perseverance. It's like, it's like I'm on the other side of something that I knew God got me through. Cause I couldn't get my, th- myself through it on my own, but I also hope that it piques curiosity for that secular world to try to figure out what it is. Like, what, what is this? Uh, because there is a hope that exists within the Lord. And I know that because it's, he's seen me through some truly dark places in my life, some prisons, of sorts in my life i've never gone to prison but i i guarantee you i've been in shackles i've been in chains you should have been in prison a couple times well hey listen that's out of context <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're going back we're going back to context all right i did some bad things all right yeah. <laughs> like, like i did some bad things <laughs> who has but who has but that's when you know that's when i was out and living in my rebellion you know he had right. to he had to get a hold of me but yes i'm honestly i i think the context of what you're using the scripture, like how are you using it and what is your understanding of it is very important. Yeah, I absolutely agree hundred percent. All right. On to the next one. What do we got next? This oh, is it, a person. This is a personal favorite of mine. Okay. Oh ahead. yeah. Yeah. I already know where this one's going. This is my book, man. This is Matthew, Matthew 18, 20 for where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am among them. 
Okay. Now I've actually experienced the, the misuse of this. Um, but that's again, you're not really reading the full chapter to understand exactly what he's talking about. So here's the out of context version. This verse is usually quoted as an encouragement to one another when there's a low attendance for a worship service or given as a benediction during a prayer meeting. In fact, if someone really wants to stretch this verse, they may use it as a justification for skipping church to worship with their family at home while the football game is playing in the background. Hmm, okay. So, let's put it in context. This verse falls specifically within the context of church discipline and dealing with wayward believers. And is meant to be an encouragement to church leaders during tough times of loving confrontation to say that God would be present with the two or three witnesses as they are intentional in correcting and restoring a fallen brother or sister. That doesn't sound like the other version, Gino. <laughs> no, it doesn't, does it? This is <laughs> so, this scripture is my, probably my favorite of all. Um, by the way, before we, we go into that, Joyful June has gifted us a cookie. Joyful June Joyful is always, June. always a pleasure to have our good friend June in the audience with us. And of course, when June joins, we have to play this for her, don't we? If oh, I yeah. Find it. And I got Here this one for her. There, there, there it is. Absolutely. Boom. A special, special human being, Joyful June. We just Yes, you. yes, yes. Okay. And also, I forgot. Uh, oops, I should probably turn that off now. <laughs> I left. I thought outside. you were just going to leave the sunflowers yeah. up. Yeah. Also, uh, Stax was first in today. I mean, he probably five hours before the show even started and dropped shades for us. So thank you for the shades. <laughs> like five hours. Yeah. And he also wished us a Merry Christmas. So thank you for and that. And a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay, Matt. So again, one of my all time favorites. This one, I, hey, look, what Christian has not fallen for, boy, if we just pray together, there's more power in that, and Jesus is here with us. No, there, that doesn't mean corporate prayer. Gosh, I feel like the disclaimer could go up every single time. That doesn't mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't mean that corporate prayer isn't powerful in intercessory prayer and all that. Of course it is. Of course. Yeah. But it doesn't, when, when there's agreement, well, the upper room is a perfect example. The book of Acts, right? 120 are gathered in the upper room and, he, and the Holy Spirit comes and the tongues of fire and, and the church is born on Pentecost. Okay, there was power there. God told them, meet this day. They went, they did it, and they obeyed and there was power. But that doesn't mean that if me and Matt decide, Matt, we need to be together to make this strong, more powerful, more, this prayer more powerful, and then God's going to answer our prayer. That's not what it means. It is exactly what was just told to us in that you know nice little brief summary that was on that web page it is about reconciliation it's about going to a brother who's in who's sinning against his brothers and where two or three are gathered is like witnesses so that what's being said is recorded okay because obviously back then there was no recording device so it would still be wise to go with two or three so there's other witnesses around hearing it with their own ears and agreeing with the brother that's doing what God told him to do and go confront this other brother that's in sin. And it could be a sister too. We're not just going to pick on guys, but that's what it's, what it's about. 
And now this is one that we cannot take out of context. I don't think we can use this like we did with Philippians 4.13, where we said, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strength. That one I feel like is, is a little more uh, flexible, right? We can use it in our daily lives and it makes sense, especially when we're in trials, like I've been going through and you've been going through. Ain't so that the truth? That's, that makes sense. But this one, that's not what it's talking about. And that is it. There's no other scripture that I can think of where it says, hey, two or three of you get together and let's watch God perform some miracle for you guys. He does say to petition the Lord with prayer. Uh, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together in Hebrews. Um, there's a lot of uh, stuff in Titus that talks about the church and the structure of the church. But nothing says there's more power. Remember, as a Christian, we are the temple of the living God. He has placed his spirit within us. The Old Testament saints did not have that luxury. The spirit would rest upon them and leave. Or a prophet was, would speak to the congregations. We actually have him dwelling inside of us because of what Jesus did on the cross. So that's extremely important to understand. Matt, is that your take on this also? I agree. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I, I mean, I, I, it's one of those situations where, you know, I've spent, I've spent so much time in so many different churches. And when, when that one gets dropped, I'm just like, I almost have to bite my tongue. Like, I almost want to like stand up and be like objection, <laughs> like, like but Matt, order Matt, in oh, the court. I am so glad you brought up the churches saying this. Okay. This happens in probably every church I've ever been in. Yes. This scripture is quoted, misquoted. And I don't understand. I get it if it's just somebody in the crowd saying it or a brother, right. you know, you're talking, Hey, how's things going? You know, you know, Hey, we're two or three of us are getting, I get it. Okay. Okay. It's still out of context. It's wrong. But when a pastor says it and says, and uses it repeatedly, that's when I'm like, bro, like, okay, man, we, we got to get this one right. Like, this isn't good, solid, foundational teaching. What does Adam say? What's that? What, what's, I said, what does Adam, oh, Adam say? Oh, Tower of Babel on the negative side of unity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. I see, I see, I see. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, when you agree yeah, that like really leadership, it... leadership really needs to know what they're talking about. Well, they're... see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, that's what I said before. Like when we had discussed it about me going through like my pastoral, you know, people always want to know if like I memorized every word of the Bible, you know, like if that's what it is, like now I can quote the Bible, like, you know, like there's no way, like it's, it's literally, it's through consistency and repetition and, you know, and really pushing in that you can really let, let the word like live and dwell within you. But the fact of the matter is one of the things that they talked about was all the things that are wrong in church and ministry practices, like the do's and like more so don'ts, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the do's should, should come kind of like easy flowing, but the don'ts, um, those aren't, necessarily that common knowledge you know and so i don't think necessarily it's always malicious i don't think that it's intended but it, the problem is you have to be careful especially if you're a teacher or a pastor and you're instructing people you have to be careful with your instruction i think when we were at we were at your church uh faster ac like he had brought up the fact that he had to correct himself and was willing to do that 
um you know that's that's another thing <laughs> you know you got to be willing you got to be willing to fall on that sword if, it, if it's if it's something Absolutely. that happens i actually i actually confronted him on this scripture <laughs> we were out oh, to eat. Did I said, you? yeah i said bro i gotta bring something up man i said you, you <laughs> i gotta told call me to be you to the carpet you told me leader. to be honest with you so we, t- we talked about it yeah, but you know yeah. he knew that he understood that he's like yeah but you know i think it also could mean this and that and we just kind of disagreed on that but um and that's okay that we can all disagree and still love each other and still be in the body because none of us have it all you know so well, yeah we can agree iron, to disagree. Shi- iron sharpens iron that's iron, iron sharpens iron it's hard uh, to say that three times in a row go ahead go go <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i mean Personally, yeah, we're 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 in agreement. We're in agreement on this one. We're in one accord. Right. On to the next one, then. What do we got? What do we got? This is a fave too. Oh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. That old chestnut. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Yeah, that's a that's a quotable right there. Let's see what it says on out of context. This verse is typically given to someone as a sentiment during a difficult time or on a graduation card after crossing a stage receiving his or her diploma or degree. As a standalone promise, it appears as though God exists to make us all popular, rich, healthy, and powerfully well-known. God declares the American dream over my life. Okay, Um, let's see the in context. This incredible promise is given not to an individual, but to a people group, Hebrews exiled in Babylon. God promised that he had not given up on his people and that he, even though things looked dire, they still had a future and a hope. So the word prosper doesn't refer to money or material blessings. It refers to physical and spiritual salvation. It's a beautiful promise that God is not done with his people and that their future and hope were only found in him. The promise is that he will see his plans through and his people get to be part of them. There you have it. There you have it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So that is, <laughs> sir, this, yes, is sir. this is another one. Okay. And I got to tell you, Rescue the Fosters, our organization, the shows we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Shameless this plug. Is, this is the scripture that we use. Well, actually, Sylvia picked this scripture a long time ago, and it is in our. It's actually in our intro video. And I've always like kind of bit my tongue on it because I'm like, oh, boy, I know she doesn't know what it, <laughs> who was being spoken to. That it's actually, you know, God leading the Hebrews out of the out of Babylonian exile and all that stuff. So, like I, I didn't. She didn't know the context. But he, this is another one of those Matt. Where there is a promise made to a particular group of people, the Israelites in this case, could also be us because we've been grafted into the into the uh, root, right? We've been grafted into the trunk of the tree. So Christians are part of that original group of people. Now we're all born again in the Messiah. They need to be born again in the Messiah. Anybody that there will be no other way into heaven but by the Messiah Jesus Christ. That's it. So we've been, Paul says we've been grafted in, that wall of separation has been taken down. I believe it's in Ephesians, he talks about that. 
it's important to note that the plans I have for you, God does have plans for our lives. He does have an ultimate plan over each one of our lives, designed, tailor-made for you. And he uses your giftings and your callings and the skills and talents he's given you. And he expects us to use them and steward those gifts in a way that honors him and glorifies him. And let's face it, spreads the kingdom of God here on earth. So I can see where this scripture can be used and it still makes sense for us today. It, I don't think it has to be so exclusive that it was only for the Israelites coming out of bondage. Would you agree with that? You don't think that we're in a Babylonian system? We're definitely in a Babylonian system. <laughs> you don't think that we're oppressed and that we're in we're in we're in bondage right now? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, man. Come on. Well, okay. Well, let's compare it nuts and bolts here, right? Okay, so the last scripture where where two or three are gathered, right? There I am in the midst. And then you got this one. The difference between them is that that was there with the context in the other scripture was specifically saying this is for this yeah right for for a reconciliation and to bring a brother back and otherwise let him go astray this one was made particularly to the israelites but it makes sense for us as believers because we know through other passages in scripture that talk about god having plans for us having you know, does it say, I have a plan for you? No, it doesn't say it just like that. But Paul lays out a bunch of things in the epistles that a Christian life should be and how God is over it and his providence and his sovereignty are above all and that God desires the best for his children. Does it mean we won't suffer trials and tribulations? No, of course we will. Um, Jesus said, <laughs> worry about today because tomorrow will have its own troubles. That's so, right. So as long as we understand the broader context of what the rest of scripture says, that makes sense to me. Like I could use that in my personal life and I wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be heresy in my opinion. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I agree All with right. that. Excellent. Uh, I, I'm wondering, I know that <laughs> there's people there are people that they they'll take the scripture and it is line by line, precept upon precept. Of course it is. That's how we study scripture, but they would have a very, uh, firm position on that being particularly from Jeremiah, the prophet to the Hebrews, the Israelites at that time. Right. I, I understand only that. Done. And I don't think that's worth the argument. It's not worth dividing over. And actually, some of my favorite teachers, I know Frank Turek actually says that. He's like, this one's taken out of context all the time. I disagree with Frank. And I love Frank Turek. I think he's got an amazing ministry. Um, but this is one of the things that I would say, I don't know. I don't get it, Frank. I don't know why this couldn't apply to our own personal lives also. Anyway, there's that. Okay, next one. Yeah. There is that. Okay, we got another one out of Matthew. Matthew 7, 1. Judge not that you be not judged. All right, so out of context version is we're living in a day that values tolerance above all, unless, of course, someone disagrees with our beliefs, lifestyles, or opinions. Then we're extremely intolerant. We may even boldly shout, only God can judge me. 
However, this is Tupac theology, not biblical theology. (laughs) 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 Okay, so in context, uh, this verse is not a warning against speaking out against certain actions or behaviors. In fact, in other places of scripture, we're told we'll know them by their fruit. We're also commanded in the Great Commission to make disciples, which includes helping others wage war against sin. However, Matthew 7 is a warning against self-righteousness and hypocrisy. If we're going to correct someone, then we must expect to be held in the same standard. If we judge with aggression, then we can expect to be judged with aggression. Even though we remove the plank in our eye, Jesus still says we must remove the speck in our brothers. Well, there you have it. Amen. Okay, so that one, that's a favorite of the secular audience out there. They would that's the one where, you guys are hypocrites. You're yeah, always God judging. can judge me, judging. bro. Yeah. And God 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 has never told us to judge the unbelieving world. He has told us to judge the church. This is where Christians have messed up big time. Now, when I say judge, I mean to like, like Matt, let's say I knew that you were, I don't know, going out and smoking crack. Okay. Wow. And I, sorry, man. <laughs> it's okay. Did I, you, you look hurt, man. That escalated. <laughs> All right. So and I'm so going I out say, and I'm doing the yeah. drugs. You know, I know you're, you're driving down to uh, Detroit, you know, twice a week to get your fix or whatever. Okay. So I confront you and I say, Listen, bro, you got to stop this. Whack. Yeah, you got you to stop this, man. You're hurting your family and all that. Meanwhile, I leave after I just comforted you and gave you some words of wisdom. And then I go to that same crack house and get myself get myself a rock. <laughs> Are they still calling it a rock? I don't even know what it's called. Whatever. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's that, that's, I guess that's one way to put it. You're like, yeah. you come so, over to, come over to, to get, to get after me. And you're like, by the way. Uh, where are you getting these drugs from? <laughs> I, need to I need to, I need to, I need to have a conversation with this drug dealer <laughs> and it's to go oh, and man. get yourself some of your own yes. little tasty that's, treats. That's what that is talking about. It's saying yeah. you can't go there with this log in your eye. You have the exact same problem and you're trying to tell someone else to stop. Now, if right. I don't have that problem, other, I, of course I have other problems, but I can go to him in love and say, listen, man, this is, you're killing yourself. You're killing your family, your children, you know, and I can, I could go through this whole diatribe and, and quote some other sure. scriptures and things like that and bring other people with me to console you. And then maybe even get you in a rehab or some kind of program. That's, that's what brotherly love and Christ-like love is in the church. But it's now, if I do the exact same thing and I go to, Let's say I go to some guy in the street that's smoking crack. He's not a Christian. He's not born again. I walk up to him and I say, man, you got to stop that. You got to stop smoking crack. Okay. Yeah, I can say that, but it's not, that's not what the scripture's talking about. I, I can't judge him. He's, he's not even a believer. So what am I judging him by? I can't, there's no, the standard of morality that we have as believers in Christ is Jesus. He is the standard. So I can't go to someone that doesn't know Jesus and judge him by that standard. He will be judged by God, but his sin is unbelief. So that has to get fixed first. 
Now, could I right, help right. him as a Christian? Obviously, I would want to help that person and say, hey, man, let, you know, let's get you off the street. Let's clean you up. Let's get you in a rehab and fix your life, you know, and then maybe get through God's grace. I can, you know, lead him to Christ or something. But it's a different thing. We don't judge people like that. Like, I just can't go outside the four walls of a church and say and start pointing my finger at them because then I would. That is that's out of context. Sure. Yeah. And Christians I mean, do that all the time. They do. Not gonna lie. I think that's why you know, for that very, for that very reason, that's why any times I've ever really given sermons or I've done any ministering, I'm very careful to not speak on things that I don't have personal experience in. I'm very careful. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you. You know, one way or the other, or up or down, on how it is to deal with things that I've never actually encountered. I'm very careful to do that um you know love on you encourage you try to motivate you and and get you to understand that there's there's a there's a hope for your life and there's a joy that you can receive and there's a boldness that you can walk in but i'm not going to sit here and begin to even tell you what it's like to live with a crack addiction because i don't know i don't know the push and pull i don't know the suffering i don't know how it feels you know i i, I don't know you know, the loneliness that comes along with it, you know? And so I don't, uh, I'm, I'm just very careful. I'm very careful. Yeah. Adam Hogapug says it's like getting clean before you take a shower. Yeah. Just like that. But yeah, I do think that, like you said, you know, I think the people, uh, leadership really needs to be careful. You know, I was at a, I was at a church not too long ago and, you know, he started to kind of spout up about the fact that, you know, oh, you know, men shouldn't have long hair and they shouldn't have tattoos and women shouldn't have tattoos and this and that. It's like, you're coming across as really judging, my guy. Like, you don't know exactly what brought them to, to even have these things. And so it's just, you know, I think that there's... Yeah, a... what, now, think about how stupid that is. How irresponsible is that for a leader of a church? That person, that might have been their first visit there. Well, and they have tattoos insane, all over yeah. them that he doesn't know about. And their life before Christ was, you know, reckless or whatever. Maybe they're a new Christian or they're seeking to become one. Right. And then this is their first impression. That's now everything that they've ever thought about us being judgmental is now a reality. And so that's a, you know, that's a, that's a thing. That's a turning point. Right. Well, he curbed my curiosity. <laughs> like <laughs> everything that everyone, everything that I heard that you were, you exactly are. You know, so I just, yeah, I do think that that's really important, um, especially like in a mentorship position is to be really careful in the things that you speak on, especially if you don't have life experience on it. If you haven't actually like lived through it, if anything, try to uh, like what I what I do is try to understand, help me understand, you know, help me understand what you're going through. Uh, I'm not just going to pretend like I do, you know, it's almost like you go to you go to a funeral of a, you know, of someone and you know, their child committed suicide. It's like, I know how you feel. Do you? Do you really? I know. I'm not so sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I know you know, the, I know you know the feeling of loss, mm -hmm. but that particular type of loss, hmm, that's something else. You know, Matt, you brought up markings and stuff like that. I was actually going to play a video of some guy that was talking about that. And that's another thing. So a lot of pastors yeah. will be like, no tattoos. And the, my, don't you know what Deuteronomy says? Yeah, well, the context of that, if yeah, I'm yeah. correct on this, I lost was the, pa game, so. the, pag the pagans were marking themselves up at the time and getting all these piercings and stuff like that. 
and he was saying dragon don't be, tattoos yeah, don't be like these pagans right now because they're worshiping foreign gods that's what it was about i mean so it's a now look if you're <laughs> if you're a christian and you're getting all tatted up and you got the devil on your back okay i mean that's probably <laughs> right. hypocritical i would think but like you know you're getting a cross or you know i don't know whatever your kids names or a scripture or something okay i, I don't know i it's just it it shouldn't be something obviously that's you know degradating or you know um I don't know, or maybe curse words or something, you know, like a big middle finger well, on your back. You know, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Like there, you know, we have a, we have a dear friend and, you know, she's got a, she's got a lot of tattoos, like a lot of tattoos, you know, and so many so that you can't hide them. You know, I mean, she has a lot of tattoos and you could tell um, we had the, we had the joy of trying to, I guess, usher her into understanding and you know she went to some she went to some different churches and you could just tell her confidence like she almost wanted to peel her skin off because she felt like everyone was looking at her and it was sad to me you know because it's like i see i see more than just the ink that's on your skin i see someone who's who's hungry and wanting to learn about god wanting to know about god wanting to know the truth about what god says about you and it's just it, it kind of made me feel sad to be honest with you you know i'm not saying that people around the church were looking at her in a judging way because i wasn't really paying attention to that but that's how she that's how she felt you could tell because i'm always really observing and i'm just really that's just the type of person i am i'm always panning and uh you know you could just see her kind of like you know all tense yeah trying to <laughs> you know, like isn't that sad like, though it's poor thing you poor thing it's sad but that is true like in the modern church that that's a very common thing like judging people it that's is. not the judging that was being spoken about in the scripture and that's a shame right. because there's that's the church is not meant of course the church is a place where we gather and we worship praise god and you know and get healed and all these different things but it's also a place where unbelievers should be able to come and feel welcome and be accepted as they are now are they going to stay do you keep them in the same spot their, their whole life no of course they're going to progress just like there was a reference when you were a new convert sure there was a, a reference that i think i think adam said it earlier i think it was adam that said uh about uh what was the actual comment that he made I'm pretty sure it was him that said it, but it was like, uh, you know, the devil inspired it, but someone opened a door. Well, the thing is, you know, we're, we're, we're here to open doors, <laughs> not close them in people's faces. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Unlimited yeah, and non. Sure. Chris said, I have a lot of tattoos. He does. He just got a new one, by the way. He gets a new one. I, I do too, my guy. <laughs> I do too, cool my ones. guy. Um, it says, I have a lot of tattoos. This is a skin suit. The light inside is what matters. You don't just desecrate the soul. That is my philosophy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's if what you're I'm a believer, saying. here's the I'm thing. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that's what matters. Your heart matters. Yeah. He doesn't care about the skin. The skin is going to be, go into a grave. One day we will get a resurrected body. That one will not be marked up. It'll be perfect, just like he is. Until then, it's my friend Mike says this on the blender, a meat suit. It's a meat suit. That's all it is. It's a tent. <laughs> right. It's, it's a it is, if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right, and you live with Him daily, and your heart's been turned towards Him, and you're turning from your you know our evil and wicked ways, as the Bible says, then we're born again, 
and now he lives inside of us. Yes, the outside might be a disaster still. It, and it's going to contradict. Your mind is at war with God all the time. That's why we have to take every thought captive and we have to renew our minds daily. All of this is a mess. We're broken. And, yeah. and if we don't understand that, then we're going to think, oh my gosh, they've got tattoos. They must be a horrible Christian. <laughs> like, it's just nonsense. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, Great we really Scott. have to get over this. Great. <laughs> Great, Scott. <laughs> Great Scott. That person has tattoos. Listen, when I was, I was, I was telling you when I was in that, when I was in that church service and he was talking about the tattoos, man, I never felt so inclined to just jump up and tear my shirt off because the thing is I was covered at that time. You know, it was like, it was like, uh, it was, it was cooler outside. So, you know, at, at this current state, I don't have tattoos that are showing. Uh, if I'm wearing long sleeves or whatever, but when I take my shirt off, it was funny because we went to a, we went to a church. It was a Pentecostal church. And, you know, I, I guess I just, I always wore long sleeves. I always wore the, you know, the dress shirt and the tie, you know, I thought that it was kind of like what we were supposed to be doing at that time in my life. And then we had a, like a summer, you know, like a, like a summer picnic for the church. And I showed up in a t-shirt and these kids were shocked. <laughs> they were like, you have tattoos? Yeah, I didn't draw these on just for this event. <laughs> like They've always been here. You just See, haven't seen them. But how great of a witnessing tool is that? Hey, like, especially know? to the lost. If the lost comes in and you're all tatted up and you... Okay, a perfect example. When we had um, Apostle uh, McKay on, right? Yeah, Brian. And he's yeah. head of yeah, he's head of the bikers church, right? All yep. Harley dudes, beards, big time. tattoos, piercings, all that stuff. They're all sold out for God. Now big time. That's would I rather have one of them talk to a, a biker guy or me? <laughs> okay. Like who are they gonna <laughs> relate more to? They're not gonna relate to me. I never I don't have a tattoo, never wanted a tattoo, could care less about tattoos. I did have a piercing for a long time when I was younger, but I don't like, that's not my thing. So, but if, if pastor McKay and his group of guys all wearing leather and chains and all this stuff, go talk to them, they're going to listen to them and they're going to respect them because the way they look, it's, it's a shame. That's what we are. We are lowly human beings that we, let's face it. We judge people by their looks. We do. We I can't do help it. it. Get this yeah. visual in my head of like you trying to go and like, spread the gospel to like a group of bikers. And, and for some reason, the visual in my head is like, you pull up on like a, like a, like a moped. Like, <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> that's the picture that's in my head, man. I can't help it. Like it I went, I literally, I, I think I've rode one motorcycle my whole life. Um, yeah, I would, it's not me. I mean, like I could talk to him. I've, I got biker friends, like, but oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying like, in and if you're in a group setting, people feel more comfortable. They'll break the ice with someone that's more like them. That's why there's so many clicks yeah, that goes across the board. I mean, I've even had that experience going into, you know, uh, I guess, uh, well, for a, a, a lack of a better way to describe it, going into predominantly black churches. You know, it's like you could tell that there are a lot of people there that are like, oh, they're super excited. But you could tell that there are some people that are just like, what's this? Why, why are you here? What's this white boy doing here? Yeah. Like, what did you get lost? 
<laughs> you know and it's like no no i'm here man i'm here like i'm here to talk to y'all i'm here to come and teach y'all and the funny thing is a lot of the time when we would go to some of those churches they automatically were like oh you're a pastor right there that was the only explanation as to why i would have been there is that i must have been like there to to do some sort of speaking engagement yeah it is the church is very divided for sure by color yeah. especially Kenshin the love pug once tried to make friends with a group of bikers. <laughs> you know, Adam, I forgot to tell you, tell you Danielle, our good friend I feel friend like Danielle. that pug would do just well. Yeah. Those Danielle has a, love has a pug, and she actually gave me the picture to show you next time you were in the chat, and I don't have it uploaded, of course. I had it ready for the blender, but we didn't see on the blender Sunday, so I didn't upload it here, but I'll try to remember to it's put it It's a missed it opportunity. Next. Missed opportunity. I, I miss missed so many opportunities, Matt. Story of my life story of my life all right let's get back at it here let's see what else we got all right so oh this one okay now i gotta Ooh. tell you i gotta tell you i just learned this one today <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like i did not know this so this is a good one you didn't know the scripture i i or, knew the scripture the but context. i never i don't think i knew the context okay all right so I, we are reading about, from psalms yeah. Yeah. Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. Here's the out-of-context version. Honestly, the most, commonly, the most common travesty committed toward this verse is that only a piece of this verse is quoted on coffee mugs, desktop screensavers with roses in the background, and paintings with a mountain. You'll see a section of this verse carved out of the whole, the whole thought. Wait, there's a little, yeah, be still and know that I'm God. There's like a little comment bubble that keeps getting in my way. Um, okay, so here's the in context. The greatest justice we can provide for this verse is to actually quote it in its entirety with an incredible comfort and reminder to know that we can be still and know that God is in control. As his people, we can rest in the truth that he will be exalted in all the nations across the earth, and there is nothing that can stop God from accomplishing his will. Everything God does and says is intentional. Every word in the scriptures is on purpose and placed in the specific context that he desires. Therefore, we must be careful with the word of God and be intentional in how we speak his word. All scripture is breathed out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. Well, those aren't the same thing again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> talks about that you'll see it, you'll see it on a coffee mug mm -hmm. or on a poster with a mountain. Okay, I gotta sure. say though, I this is weird because i i didn't know that I, i'm gonna admit like i did not know the entire context of that scripture i always assumed be still meant just get quiet and hang out with the god and, and let him speak and i always thought like even recently i've had this argument with god where i'm like lord i can't get quiet like i just cannot get still and and i kept thinking like and i would quote the scripture but i didn't know the whole scripture i was only quoting half of it and it's because this is what happens when you're in church for a long time or you've been you watch lots of shows with churchy people 
you start sure. speaking church, what do they call it? Uh, Christianese. And yeah, so, man. but it's, it's sometimes it's half truths. And so this one, uh, that actually gives me comfort knowing, oh, okay, that's not what it meant. I was misquoting it. So it's, it's better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But how many I mean, people, Matt, think that? How many people say, be still and know that I'm God? And they stop right there. And they're like, and they're like, okay, that means to meditate upon the Lord. And I just sit here and I try to get quiet. And then we wrestle with our thoughts. We wrestle with the day's events. We wrestle with yesterday's events. We wrestle with family matters. We wrestle with work. All these things. And you can't get still. And you're like, why can't I get still? The scripture says to be still. There's too much noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the, the thing. I mean, the, the real, I guess the real emphasis of the scripture is to know that God's got it. <laughs> so right. Don't be troubled. Exactly. <laughs> you know, don't be troubled. God's got it. His will is going to be, it's going to be done no matter what, <laughs> no matter what we see in the physical. Yeah. And it's, so, he's, and he's saying, I'll be exalted among the nations. So he's saying, rest in that. Rest in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the king of the universe. I own everything. Yeah, that's a great thing. Okay, here's another one. This is from a different website, but I wanted to go over these too. So, okay. What do you got for me? Bit. Zoomy, zoomy. <clears throat> okay. Whoa. Looks... Okay, so this is, what is it? James 5, 15. The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Go ahead, Matthew. That's right. Okay, people may interpret this verse to mean that people who are sick must lack enough faith in Christ. Surely their sufferings are their own fault. However, this weaponized interpretation may do incredible damage. Although God's capable of miraculous healings, ultimately, we all can expect physical suffering eventually leading to death. This verse promises that through faith, we can be saved and raised up. But what does that mean? Many people discover deeper love, greater wisdom, and more peace when they suffer. Sometimes these spiritual and psychological insights are impossible to reach without first enduring sickness. When Christians suffer from illness, don't focus on just trying to pray their pain away. Lean into that suffering alongside them, discovering the saving insights that may arise within adversity. Wow. Okay, true. Okay, now, Matt, you and I know we've been part of churches that we see miraculous healings. Yes, sir. I've seen, I've seen several people healed in my own life. I see all my wife healed. That's how I got saved. One of the reasons I was saved. Um, I've been healed several times of different ailments, a bad knee and some other things. Um, but that is, I mean, I got to agree with that, you know, explanation there. It's, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be healed and we just take scripture and when we declare it, it means this person gets healed. That would be taking it out of context, but Name I do and believe claim it does. It. Yeah. But I, yeah. Blab it and grab it, spit it and get it, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, man. But I do think there is. An element where, yeah, sometimes you do get healed with a scripture like that. Where well, it's you have to God's, have, your you know. faith is your faith is a, a major deciding factor. Absolutely, in that. your faith is 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 paramount in that. It's almost like if I'm if I'm praying for you and I'm believing for your healing, or I'm believing for your, you know, 
deliverance from addiction or whatever it is, if I'm praying and I'm believing for it, your faith will activate my prayers. Your faith will activate my prayers. And so your faith is the foundation of that whole thing. Now, yes, we suffer. We suffer different afflictions and infirmities in this life. And, you know, sometimes we can't really find a plausible explanation. But the fact of the matter is, you know, there's, there's, there's healing in the hurt and, you know, there's purpose in the pain. It, it, it doesn't happen for no reason. God does not waste tears. They mean something. And I think that it's easy for us. I mean, especially like the ones that are lukewarm or even the ones that don't believe it's easier just to say oh well you know if there was a god then why didn't he come down like a mythical cloud wizard and wave his little wand and you know make everything go away and it's like well where was the activation where was the trust where was the faith where was where was your fundamental foundation where was it you know i think that that's a key that's a key factor to be taken into consideration what are your thoughts I agree 100%. It is one of those things where I know, gosh, just the last 15 months of my life have been like just disrupted by all kinds of nonsense. And in that, though, I'm, I am being honed and, and shaped and formed in places I didn't know I needed to be um, right. and humbled and even humiliated at times so that I can be put into position for him to use me in this coming season. I know that's what it's for. And I've accepted yes, it. Do I like it? No. <laughs> the flesh can't stand it. Like I kick and scream every day like, Lord, I, another day? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. come on. Is it painful but, at times? Absolutely. But there's lots of brothers and sisters right now that are going through stuff because of the season we're in and what we're about to get into. He's about to bring yep. the harvest. And if we're not ready for that, I wouldn't have been ready. I thought I was ready, but I don't think I would have if I didn't have to go through some of these things. And my family had to go through them with me because it's it's us together and he's called us to do greater things. So there is a there is pleasure in that even in the pain and suffering. And and you think about it this way, what about like a team Oh, well, let's just say the Detroit Lions. <laughs> so Yeah, man, the Lions are killing the it Lions, this year. The Lions have been notorious for being the same old Lions, right? They stumble and fall. They weird things happen to them. All these crazy things, okay? Yeah, the cursed, but the cursed yeah. team. But let's say now the team that went zero and sixteen. Let's say for two years, three years, they have losing records. They went zero and sixteen. Then they won two games the next year. Then they won four. It's a little, you know, okay, that's great. But no one's happy at four wins out of seventeen games, okay? Right. But let's now all of a sudden they're they're winning, they're first in their division. And let's say yeah. they get to the playoffs and let's say they make a run and they actually get to the Super Bowl. Okay. And then they win the Super Bowl. There is a gratification that comes for the guys that have been on that team from the 0 and 16 to winning a Super Bowl, where you the accomplishment means much more to that person than someone that just joined the team this year and came right. from another winning team and they then they stayed win the, the Super course. Bowl. Yeah. So there mm -hmm. is something in the suffering that we gain from that and and it makes us more like him more christ-like because it's it's not about winning all the time it's about being more like him jesus let's face it jesus lost a lot on earth oh yeah in fact he lost his life 
he gave it up for us. So like there is something in that. Joyful June said, my mom gave me a wooden sign that I hang on my office wall. Uh, it is the be still verse. It always comforted me when I think and remember that he is God. He exists and he is good. Absolutely. And it is comforting. All, any right. scripture, any verse out of the Bible, not any of them, because some of them are about <laughs> killing the, uh, you know, off the giants or something. But there's there are comforting verses that we can go to that they're, Matt, technically, they're taken out of context, but they do bring us comfort. And this is where I go back to that thing where God's word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides and conquers, but it also brings comfort. It it can be some a rock to stand on when we need it, you know, and, and a verse to hang on to when things aren't going so well. So I get it. Like I, that's why I'm saying, like I don't always agree with these teachers that are like, "You can't do that." Don't you realize you pulled? You're just pulling verses out. Okay, I understand Wouldn't... that side of it too. But wouldn't you rather someone build their foundation, especially in times of storms, on scripture than a, a, like self-help books or or a song yeah. lyric? <laughs> right. I'm buying you know a stairway I mean? to heaven, Matt. I'm buying a stairway to heaven. Yeah, ain't that the truth, man? You know, I mean, that's just the, that's the thing. Like, it is. I think I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I do too. If it brings you comfort in times of trial, then yes, because <laughs> the Bible, like you said, one of the aspects, one of the one of the beautiful aspects of the Word of God is that it can provide you comfort in times of trial because life is about trial. Thing is, you know, I've said it before, you know, there people have this misconception that it's all about getting to the palace, but your life is really a series of pits, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've said that before and people are like, how so, you know, there are people who actually live in palaces and I bet you, if you talk to them, that palace is a pit because it came with all these things that they had no, they had no idea were going to come with it, you know? And so it's just, it, yeah. I'm I'm Very good true. with it. I'm good. Danielle with it. has joined us, my good friend. Danielle, Danielle, Danielle is co-host of Rescue the Fosters and co-founder. Where's Hugapug? He's in here. Yeah, she's looking for a picture. He said he would drop one in for her. She gave oh, me a yeah. picture. To, I, Danielle, I forgot to upload the picture here. I had it on the blender the other night because I thought Adam would be showing up in the blender chat, and unfortunately, I didn't upload it here. So sorry, sis. So maybe you can. Uh, dm a, a picture <laughs> and i forgot chris had to remind me that you have two pugs not just one so my bad pugs in the house okay. all right matt so that's that one i think that's that's good explanation there yeah yeah let's go to the next let's go to the next and see what this is let's see uh okay first corinthians Ooh. okay actually i let me see do i have a video on this one 10 13 no i don't i have okay no, that's let's uh one. yeah let's go on this one and then we'll get into the video in the same book Okay, excellent. So this one's going to come out of 1 Corinthians 13 and 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Ah, who doesn't love this? Love this love verse. It's a wedding main staple used as an instruction manual for those in relationships. While certainly the wisdom is helpful for couples, the application here is far broader. Paul's writing to the entire church in Corinth with this advice. 
single or coupled, we are to love everyone in our community with this radical approach. Yeah. We're supposed to love everybody, man. That's it. Okay, sorry. I thought there was, yeah, I thought there was more. (laughs) That was pretty straight to the point, I guess. (laughs) Well, yeah, they didn't beat around the bush on that one. Love everybody, everybody. I did have that as my wedding scripture, by the way. (laughs) I think everybody does. Yeah. Why not? You know, I mean, that's good. I don't know. That's another one where I feel like it's, I, I get it, but we could, you know, it means it's a pretty broad meaning i think like that one's not so context driven like some of them like where two or three are gathered <laughs> victoria yeah oh that's cool she put her wedding picture in there awesome very cool the pug with the it was in my wedding oh yeah there you go yeah. see yeah you guys Everybody, are wedding twins i don't i haven't been to a wedding where i don't think that scripture wasn't read yeah have you huh I mean, honestly, I think every single wedding that I've ever been to, that scripture is read. My son just added in his. I think it's. Uh, I think that's pretty standard. That's pretty standard in in a wedding presentation. Yeah, that's a pretty standard it, it's scripture. Okay. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that scripture being used for a wedding. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah. Love each other. Yeah. Love each other, people. <laughs> it's so, I mean, I get so it. hard it's, to do. No, and I get it's for the church in general, but I mean, like, it's all of us are to love each other, husbands and wives, you know, brothers and sisters. We're supposed to love our enemies for crying out loud. So yeah, I don't know. that's a that's a hard one too. All right, let's get that's into a our video. One. This so that was First Corinthians, whatever, thirteen something. Ten. This one's for. Yeah. This one's ten thirteen. This is that verse that's always quoted out of context. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. People say, well, God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, that's not true. (laughs) God will plenty give you more than you can handle, but he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. That means that when it comes to sin, you always have a choice. You don't have control over your whole life. You don't have control over your whole situation, your marriage, your kids, your job, your finances, but you do have control at that moment when you have a choice to sin or not sin, God himself is going to make sure you are not so tempted that you lose the ability to make a decision here. So with the temptation, God is going to what? Provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That is, feel tempted without giving in to temptation. Yes. <laughs> Mike Winger, See. he's going to like him. See. <laughs> no, but I mean, you think about it, that's true, though, because um, th- how many times have you heard that, Matt? God won't give you any more than you can handle. I mean, and, and that sounds nice, and that sounds comforting. It's kind of sugar in the ears. But just like Mike said there in that video, uh, there's been plenty of times where I had way more than I bargained for. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Then some people must have higher thresholds than others, because I'll tell you what, like some people have gone through some things, you know, like my grandmother, rest her soul, you know, she, she went to be with the Lord earlier this year, but the things that she endured in her life, I mean, it, it was just, it was heartbreak after heartbreak. I mean, it was truly unfortunate. And the thing is, None of it was her doing. It was just, it, you know, these are things that she just had, she experienced that she was part of. And so when I was sitting there at at her bedside and, uh, you know, I was talking to her at this point, she was no longer speaking. I was just holding her hand and I was speaking to her and I was trying to 
you know, I, I guess I was trying to, you know, pray for her and encourage her and thank her for, you know, for her life and the things that she had done for me. But one of the things that I was telling her is it's okay to let go. It's okay to let go. You've served, you've served your life here. You've been faithful throughout the whole thing to in the midst of all of those things. God is pleased with you. You can let go. And I'm pretty sure she uh she actually passed away the next day. Um, if I remember correctly, but it was just one of those things. <laughs> it was just like, wow, this woman has been through some hells on this on this earth and still maintained her faith, still had a cross hanging above her bed, still had the Bible next to her bedside. You know, it's like that's that's that real, that's that real faith you know it that's is that's a real faith that's un, you know that's unmoving and there so. is a greater there is a greater reward for those that suffer more on this earth than that next life there will be a great like i know a lot of people don't want to think that there's going to be levels in you know eternity but there are there's going to be certain positions that each of us have according to what we've done on earth so our works do go before us they just don't earn us salvation they earn rewards and God will generously give for those things that you have suffered in this earth for his sake. Um, but if we try to live by re or by uh, works to get salvation or, or think we're earning God's favor by doing that, you got another thing coming. That's not what it's about. He already did that all for us on the cross. So that's, that's right. you know, grace and mercy. That's why we're, <laughs> it's only by that we get in. There is no works involved in that, but it does go before us for rewards. And I think that's important to note. All right, let's get to another one here. This one, these are more mis, not misquoted, but uh, mis, mistake, mistaken verses that people say, well, you'll see what I mean. I don't, it's better if I, we just go to it and you'll understand the first one right off the bat. You're going to spoil the surprise. I know, I don't want it, to, it's kind of self-explanatory so I could oversimplify it. I don't want to oversimplify it. Okay, um, can we see that or no? What happened? I'm way too zoomed. Oops. What is going on? I don't know. I guess yeah. I overzoomed. Right. Yeah, Sorry. like it got real big. Yeah. Okay, so Matt, number one, an apple in the garden. While Western art has traditionally depicted the fruit Adam and Eve ate in the garden as an apple, the Bible is not that specific. Genesis 3.6 merely describes Eve eating some of the fruit or forbidden fruit, and sharing it with Adam. So don't blame the red delicious sitting in your fridge for the fall. Maybe it was a lemon. Those things have always been sour. I don't believe it was another fruit. I, it, it does, <laughs> it, it, I don't think it was a fruit like we know. I think it's because that fruit probably became cursed, I would think, from that moment on. I think um, so. And it wasn't even a, technically a fruit, like a physical fruit. I don't know. Maybe it was something else. And... You know, because it, it opened up their minds to, to good and evil. That's what God, you know, was trying to keep them safe from. So who knows? I don't know. It, it, I could be 100% wrong on that. We're all speculating right. anyway. So don't this, blame the red delicious sitting in your fridge. <laughs> this is a Christmas favorite, Matt. And look at we're in the season. We're only, oh, what, 12 yeah. days away from Tis Christmas. This is the season, baby. Three wise men. We see it on, on the nativity scenes out in front of churches and front of homes Sir. but matt there wasn't three wise men i hate to break it to people 
We don't know how many there was. It could have been dozens for all we know. Once again, we find a specific drawn from limited information in the Bible and popularized by art. While we may sing We Three Kings of Orient Are at Christmas, the Bible only tells us that there were three gifts and more than one magi. Oh, and take the wise men out of your nativity scene too. They arrived much later when Mary, Joseph, and Jesus had already moved to a house in Bethlehem. A little confusing there, but that is the truth. That's what scripture says. And it I has think been... you're, you're making waves right there, man. People are looking in, the, they're looking at their nativity scenes right now. Melt those plastic wise men down. <laughs> no, I'm just it's not, this is one of those things, Matt. It doesn't change scripture. It doesn't, it's here or there. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's easy to get caught up in the culture and just mimic it and do the same thing that the world does. And even the church because we haven't really read the scripture and we just assumed because we've seen it, that that's the way it was, but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah. yeah. And we don't know. We don't know. We know it was more than one magi. Just like they said, it could have been two. It could have been a hundred. We don't know. We have no idea. There's no references in any of the gospels of how many it were. And it, and again, it doesn't matter. They just saw that star. And I believe it was the, I think it was that same Shekinah glory that we saw in Exodus that led the Israelites by night. Probably the same thing that led them to the to the baby, to the Messiah. And they knew it. They were looking for signs in the skies. And they're like, whoa, well, this is different. And what is that? They, yeah. And just like GPS, it led them right to the baby Jesus. And not the baby Jesus that we have in Talladega Nights, by the way. That's yeah. not the same baby Jesus. <laughs> it's the sweet baby Jesus that's up on yeah. stage with a Leonard Skinner t-shirt playing a double neck guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. You betcha. All right. What do we got next? All right. Money is the root of all evil, Matt. Oh. Don't go out and make money. Close don't you make the... money. None of you listening. Don't make money. No, nope. you're to be poor the rest of your life. Yep. And, uh, not be able to support your family close right. but the frequently quoted phrase is missing a few important words first timothy 6 10 actually says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil god doesn't want you swimming around in gold coins in a gigantic money bank like scrooge mcduck but he may bless you financially so that you can bless others that's what it's about all right, right. this too shall pass oh boy do you hear this one a lot oh this yeah this too shall pass after being fired by the Chicago Bears, iconic football coach Mike Ditka told the gathered media that scripture tells us this too shall pass. Except that's not true. <laughs> it's likely that Ditka and others have gotten into, got it confused with the phrase, it came to pass, that appears over 400 times in the King James Version of the sentiment from 2 Corinthians 4.17-18. through 18. At least he didn't quote Gandalf and say he was quoting Jesus. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Right. I Matt, how many times have you heard that though? This too shall, this too shall pass. I mean, that's comforting. I, mean, I don't think yeah, there's yeah. anything wrong with it, but it's not biblical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some, uh, <laughs> there's definitely some comfort that comes from it. Like, you know, you're in a storm. It's gonna, it's gonna pass. You're gonna be all right. Right. But yeah, yeah. What's I've the What's lot. the famous one from Esther? It's similar. Yeah, this too shall pass. Um, a time such as this for a time such a as time this. such as this yes yeah and that my was wife, for esther yeah 
My wife uses that one a lot. Yeah. Times and I don't such think, as this. and that's, that's actually one. I don't think it's out of context when someone says that because there is time and timing in God's plan for our lives. Like I know the yeah. season I'm in, I know what he's doing. So it is for a time such as this. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> I don't, I wish you would change it, but I know it's for a reason. It's for a higher purpose. I'd much rather be living in a time such as that. <laughs> that at times such as this uh but yeah oh here's here's oh wow here we go cleanliness is next to godliness sure the old testament contains lots of rules about ritual cleanliness but this biblical sounding proverb is nowhere to be found in scripture some form may have originated in ancient Middle Eastern religious writings. Scientist Francis Bacon had a version, but the modern quote first originated in a John Wesley sermon. If it helps you get to your kids to take a bath, go ahead and use it. Just don't say it's from the Bible. <laughs> now, yeah, there really? is, okay, now, there is another scripture, though. Um, <laughs> Esther. Okay, well, Esther, <laughs> Victoria Lee, on cue. Esther is her dog. Oh, cute. Everyone meet. Esther. Matt, now you're going to have to help me out. Of course, I'm not going to remember what verse it is and what, gosh, I want to say it's in, uh, I think it's in one of the Corinthians, first or second. And it's something where Paul says about godliness, but it doesn't say cleanliness. What what did they say this one was? Mm. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's something... I don't know. You might want to Google it. It'll come up. Just put Paul and godliness and maybe that'll pop up somewhere. I can't remember the verse. Okay. Number seven. God Having works the appearance in... of godliness, but denying its power. Uh, that's a good one, but not that one. Okay. Well, but godliness with contentment is great gain. <laughs> How about that mm, one? Maybe. <laughs> first, first Timothy, man, we're moving around. I need you to be a little more specific. Yeah. But... Oh, an action shot of uh, Esther running. That's cool. Nice sticker, Victoria. Okay, God works in mysterious ways. Wow. It's one of those truish statements, but Esther's it's not got a Bible wheels. verse. Sure, Scripture is full of God doing things in unusual to us ways. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 reminds us that God's ways are different from ours, but no biblical prophet ever uttered those words. It's more Bono than Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. Love the sinner, hate the sin. We've all heard this one. Ooh. This one goes back a ways, but not quite to biblical times. In the 5th century, Augustine wrote a line which translates roughly to, with love for mankind and hatred of sins. Later, Gandhi, a practitioner of Hinduism, said, hate the sin and not the sinner. Still, both loving sinners and hating sin are biblical. Matthew 5, 43-44 and Psalm 97-10. And I would agree with that, Matt. Um, yes, yes, obviously those are not from the Bible. But we're called to love our enemies and we're called to love those outside of the church, to love them to Christ. So as long as that's the, the heart, because it's always about the heart, let's face it. Like that's what God's looking at. If our desire is to love love them and hate their sin like okay the lgbtq community they always call us haters i don't don't hate a single person in the lgbtq community not one 
I have friends that are that are gay right now. I I love them. I disagree with their choices and their lifestyle, just like they disagree with some of my choices and my lifestyle. But that doesn't mean I hate them personally. No, I love them and I want them to come to the truth that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. That's all. So I'm I'm okay with that one. I mean, I, I don't I don't like that Gandhi used it. <laughs> we're kind of and we're using some of Gandhi's quotes. Well, but... we're not we're not here to condone nor condemn. Um, so I think it's you gotta I think that culture's got that miss. There's a misunderstanding there. Um, right. That you're either one or the other. Either you're you're in complete support, or you're you know, sending them straight to hell. <laughs> it's like, well, that, it's like one extreme the to the next. But Matt, that's what politics has done. Politics has politics cre- it purposely creates division so that we hate each other, even though we really don't hate. I don't, There, I honestly can say right now, I hate nobody. I don't have a single hate bone in my body towards anybody. I do hate sin. I do hate where the world is right now. I hate the unrighteousness. I hate that there's no justice. I hate the horrible things that are happening to children and families. That's why we're standing up for it. But I don't hate any of those people. Do I think they need justice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely need justice, both here on earth and in the life to come if they Served don't repent. cold. But I want them to repent. I want them to turn from their wicked ways. That's that's what God wants for all people to come to him, come to that saving knowledge. Uh, Victoria quoted that same Timothy 3.16, the mystery mystery of godliness is in the heart of the Christian faith. And that's not the one. There's another one that Paul, oh gosh, I'm gonna, it's going to drive me crazy until I find it. It's very similar to the cleanliness thing, um, but it's not. It's not the one we, maybe just put Paul in cleanliness, see what pops up. Uh, the mystery of godliness is the heart of the Christian faith. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Daniel said, I... I always love people, but doesn't mean I need to let them all the way in and attempt to destroy me. I love from afar. Yeah, 100%. Sis. We know that it's hard because as a Christian, like I know, okay, here's another. <laughs> Gosh, I wonder if this one's in here. Turn the cheek, right? Um, oh, yeah. That doesn't mean we don't defend ourselves if we're being beaten down and our lives are threatened. Uh, it just means we're not offended easily, right? We don't... Uh, fight fire with fire so to speak if someone calls me a name i just don't fire off a name back at them that's that's basically what that's saying but i just i i feel like some things are just i don't know matt don't they seem like common sense sometimes like the bible's very common sense it's it's anti-hate for sure where other religions aren't necessarily anti-hate there's one in particular i'm thinking of um so I just, I, I don't know why, well, I shouldn't say I don't know why. I know why Christians get a bad rap. It's because Christians are, there's a lot of hypocritical Christians for sure. And the church has been outspoken maybe when it shouldn't have been and quiet when it should have been loud. And I think that's what's gotten the modern day church in a lot of trouble. But we're on the rise. We're coming back stronger than ever, driven by the spirit of God. We're going to do some great things in this coming season. And that's what I'm excited about. And all those people that think we hate them, get ready because we're coming for you. 
we're coming for you in a good way because you're going to end up knowing who God is. <laughs> I was is. about to say, you might want to add a little caveat. Everybody <laughs> who thinks gonna... I, that we hate you, we're coming yeah. for you. Yeah, someone's going to listen up. <laughs> no, we are coming for you because we're coming for your hearts. We're coming for a changed heart because yeah. I know you think you're on the paths of righteousness and truth and I'm living my truth, but I'm telling you, it's a disaster. It's going to, it's a road to disaster. It's a dead end and you'll be unfulfilled, unhappy, and depressed to be quite honest at the end of the day but what he has for you is way greater than anything you could have ever thought and that's what i'm excited about the season we're going into you agree with that matt i concur Ooh, concur yeah wow. i dropped big Sp one that was spell a big concur. one give me those extra scrabble points baby can you spell it uh con incur <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll give it to you <laughs> right all right here's here's another one. Oh, an ad just popped up okay there we go okay i love those ads be in the world but not of the world this one may surprise you but that phrase is nowhere in the bible as much as you may think it's an exact quote from the sermon on the mount or another verse it's not there parts of the sentiment are however expressed in various places in scripture John 15, 19, John 17, 14 through 15, and Romans 21, 1 and 2. Just don't try to find that word for word as a verse in your Bible. Hmm. Okay, I might... Hmm. Okay, I'm a little confused on that one. Because I thought... i got to think this through now. <laughs> hmm. Look it up, Matt. Look that one up. I want to see the exact... I guess it would depend on the... Yeah, it would have to be on the version, too. I, I like using the English Standard. New King James, those are my favorites, probably. Um, that's a good one, though. Oops, sorry, wrong screen. Can you? Did you find anything? Yeah, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. Oh, that's King James, baby. Yeah. John said in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. It does say there's something. Yeah, it's close enough. I mean, I could see that being one of the interpretations, but they're they're kind of playing semantics here, right? With the wording. Romans 12, 2 shows that we live out God's will when we change our thoughts to God's thoughts rather than living like the world dictates. Yeah. Put, just type in the phrase, um, uh, let's see, of this world, right, how would we phrase that? Let's actually just put in, we're not of the world, no, put in, we're in the world, but not of the world, and just see if that pops up. In the world, but not of the world. I'm interested in seeing this one. Um, let's see. The world hates you. <laughs> okay. We know that. <laughs> know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love it. If if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. <laughs> John 15, 18. Okay, now, how come, a... Matt, Matt, now how come no one has that on their bumper sticker or over their, <laughs> over their the desk? The world hates you, but know that they hated me first. 
<laughs> so, you're not going to yeah. see that on a license plate or John 15 18 yeah man dang wow Pug they life. are not of the world just as I awesome. am so yep. okay I know we're a peculiar people a priestly uh, oh, what's that priestly something I, I, I could have swore there's something very similar to that though I don't know. Maybe you're. Maybe you're uh, it's going right, to come well, to you while you're asleep got, at night. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. Anyway, you're be like what? Right. What? 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 Okay, this one for sure. I know it's not in there. We just talked about it earlier. God will not give you more than you can handle. We already read through that one, uh, so let's skip that one. God helps those who help themselves. Who help oh, themselves, man. man. How many times have you heard this one? Yeah. If I could pick one phrase to erase from the memories of every Christian, it would be this one. This falsely remembered Bible verse is a blatant contradiction to everything Scripture actually teaches us. Where does the phrase actually come from? Variations are proverbial statements in ancient Greek tragedies. The Quran, 1311, has something similar. An English politician gave us the exact wording, which Benjamin Franklin quotes in Poor Richard's Almanac. The message of Romans 5.8 is the exact opposite. While we were still sinners and unable to help ourselves, Christ died for us, proving how much God loves us, how amazing grace is, and how incapable of helping ourselves we truly are. Were you surprised by any of these? What other sayings have you heard that people wrongly attribute to the Bible? So this was Aaron Earls. Uh, Aaron Earls. Never heard of him, but I like this. This was good. Never heard so, okay, of him So, okay, that one, God helps those who help themselves. Matt, how many times have you heard that? Even in church. It was in... Um... Wasn't that in the the what was it the Kenny Loggins song or whatever from Footloose? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Doesn't he make the reference? It's like uh, heaven helps the man who fights his fears. <laughs> I don't really uh, know the I'm words free. to that song, because I don't. I'm not a big Footloose fan. Listen, come on, man. People out here know what I'm talking about. I'm free. Dude, I'm a rocker <laughs> through and through, Matt. All right? I'll listen to yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Go. Right. <laughs> yep. I'm a big time rocker. I only listen to Elton John and <laughs> Phil right. Collins. That's rock. That's metal. Uh, listen. I do like Phil a... Collins, though. I like Genesis, old Genesis. Well, it's because Phil Collins is talented. Yeah. You know Phil he's Collins? A, he's I think, a blessed man. I just saw this. I think he has, I could be wrong. There's a couple people that are in this category. He is, I think he's the number one songwriter or collaborator of number one hits ever. Like beating the Beatles, beating Elvis. I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I. He's got, well, swore, I I'd imagine he's probably. Like He's probably right up there. I mean, you know, the other thing is, uh, here's another here's another artist that you probably will hate on since you're a rocker through and through. But uh, Richard Marks, man, oh Richard Marks, dude, that guy. Listen. Did you just say Richard Marks on my show? I did. All right, I did. We have a bad connection. No, listen, man. This is the thing. It's not that you know, like whatever. It's just. I happened to just see this like little documentary about that guy. He's written more songs for more I, people. I, have, I mean, it that. is like he's got like. Didn't he write Metallica's song? master? 
Master of Puppets. <laughs> Dude, he's written for like everybody. I was telling that to my daughter, and she's like, I don't believe it. She's like, wasn't he that uh wasn't he that creepy, that creepy pervert that wrote that song about a 16-year-old? I'm like, no. <laughs> that wasn't him. That isn't him. So, and that, that song actually, did you know that song is not really I just saw an interview with the guy that wrote. You this know song. what He's I'm actually, talking about. You I know, know what yeah. song I'm talking she about. She was like, just is 16. Benny Menudos yeah. or something. Yeah, something like that. But Menudos. that dude, I just watched a video with him, and he's like, "Yeah, that song was written." She was the neighbor. He he was he owned an apartment or not owned. He was renting an apartment in New York, and she was like down the hall. She was a pretty girl, but he had no affection for her. But he. She had come to him ask, talking about a job that she was interviewing for or something. And then one night he's strumming his guitar and his friend's over. And he starts writing about her wanting to get this job. I think this right. is the story, if I remember correctly. And he but says, as yeah, his friends like, are listening to the lyrics, he all of a sudden looks around and his apartment's <laughs> empty. They're like, we're out of here, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> his friend, I think he said his friend actually came up with the lyric or something. See, Brian Adams does yeah. rock, man. Summer '69. I love Brian Adams. I'm Brian Adams, <laughs> dude. Like some I, Petrus, Striper, the, Bride, Disciple, actually, Guardian, Skiller. Actually, Brian. Okay, so rock and Julie and I's wedding song. Our our wedding song was um, "Heaven" from Brian Adams. Imagine that. Yeah, and I love like I do like um, not so much Summer of '69, but I liked uh, "Run to You" is a great song. Some sure. somebody like you. I've always liked that song. With uh, Tina Turner, oh, he had a lot of good songs. He had some good hits. Still pretty good. T. Webb's good yeah. to see you, brother. Drummers can yeah, jam, sir. sit in with anyone, but Phil Collins was really good. He was connected in. Yeah, dude, Phil Collins. The thing is, he can't even read music. He he would you know, write. They said he would write music with just like <laughs> like little symbols that he could understand, so he knew the melody or the beat in his head, and he could transfer it to paper, so he could tell the magicians. <laughs> musicians the, what the, to, uh, the magicians to play yeah how to read the magic no he <laughs> he's one of those he's one of those that i think like kind of stands out as like up there with some of the most talented musicians ever and yeah i think one of the one of the things that i always found really really insightful and just amazing to me was someone who can play the dra- play the drums and extremely well and sing at the same time i'm not yeah. sure how you manage oh, to man. do that but, Don Henley, you know, Don, Don Henley. Henley, same thing, you know, yeah. amazing, amazing vocalist, the, but he was playing, the guy, you wouldn't know, he was playing the drums at the same time. Same thing, guy from Triumph, not Rick Emmett, Rick Emmett played the guitar, but the uh, drummer, Gil, was it Gil Moore? I no one wonder. knows the names of the guys from he, Triumph. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I love Triumph, but he, I used to know him, but he actually would sing, he's a like, great singer too. And then the guy yeah. that sang Sister Christian for uh, Night Ranger, he was a drummer, he was singing it. But Don Henley, he, I mean, he was playing drums a lot back in the day with the Eagles. and was doing yep. I'm a hip-hop head, sorry. Yeah, dude, Chris, I don't, I've never, I don't hate hip-hop. There's some songs that I, I that are okay, but I'm just, I don't know. To me, and I, you could say this about any genre of music, it sounds the same, right? I Like, you could say that about heavy metal, you could say it about rock and roll, you could say it about Christian, you know, pop or pop artist or rap, you, you could put it any genre and then you could label it as well it all sounds the same i personally i've always loved rock and roll heavy metal back in the day because i loved uh the guitar like I'm, i love guitar man i just love a guy that can sling the axe as they used to say and i've always been jealous that i can't play it 
<laughs> so when you see someone that's really good, you're just like, man, how do they do that? And I got to see Ingve Malmsteen. They use their live. hands. Like it was amazing. Yeah. That's how they yeah, do they it. Do. They use their hands. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know how they do it. On the ball. <laughs> you know how they do it. They do it by hours and years of practice. Is how they do it. Yeah, I mean, Brian just... B R Y. Yes, yeah. Brian. I think that's how you spell it, isn't it? On his yeah, Brian on his albums. Uh, Canadian, yeah. yep for sure. Rush, another Canadian group. Join oh yeah, Canadians. You know, great drummer. what was that guy that sang, I wear my sunglasses? Remember that guy? <laughs> Corey Hart. Corey Hart. That dude. Okay, this is funny. So my uncle, he's passed away. Uh, he used to go to the Bahamas all the time. He was building down there and stuff. And he knew Corey Hart. He knew Corey Hart's dad or uncle or something. And so Corey Hart was always down there. And he, and he wasn't famous at the time. And so my uncle, when he got famous, my uncle would always make fun of him because he, he he would call him a derogatory term for gay, um, oh. wearing it because he always wore an earring and stuff, right? And he's like that little blank thinks Rabbit. he's something, you know? But he because he was getting famous at the time, he had all those hit songs that came out in like the mid '80s or whatever. Sure. And so I always remember that growing up. <laughs> like, oh man, do you remember Corey Hart? Probably not. You were probably too young. No, I know who he is. Yeah. Kidding me? I know that corny song. It's been it's been quoted about a million times. You ever try to actually wear? You ever actually try to play? You ever try to actually wear sunglasses at night? It's really not easy. So I wear sunglasses I while I was doing dad jokes on the blender, and I couldn't even see. <laughs> Look, yeah, I got so them right here. That's what I'm saying. Look, that's here, what I'm saying. I, I don't I'm believe saying. it. I don't believe you wore sunglasses at night. I, I can't oh, there see you anything. Go. Those are dad glasses, big time. Yeah, yeah, they're old. <laughs> yeah, I don't Those know. Are... I, yeah, singing, props to singing drummers for sure. And guitarists, yeah. though, too, man. I got to say, like, T-Webs, if you can sing and play guitar, that's a talent, man. Because I I don't know a more complicated instrument than the guitar. I, honestly, I don't it's understand tough. any instruments. I, I don't get how you can, like, a drummer, how they can know what skin to hit and the timing and keeping the beat and while their foot's hitting the bass drum. And like, I it's, it blows my mind. Like when I see guys like that are so musically, inclined. it turns into like, muscle my, memory my cousins like that. It turns into you muscle said memory. Who's your cousin again? Or your wife's cousin? The, the big John, guitarist? John five. Yeah. John five. I, that's crazy. Like I was just watching a video with him. I'm like, Holy crap. That's Matt's, you know, that's Angela's cousin. Like that's crazy. And he's one of the best guitarists in the world right now are considered one of the best. <laughs> yeah. Like how sure. crazy is that? And you, guy you can have shred. holidays with him. <laughs> yeah. Guy can shred, man. Can even play the banjo. Do they still say shred, Matt? I don't know. Is that still? I do. Lingo? I do. <laughs> that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's the truth of it. You know, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I could, I could go like to, to a park and just start like throwing old school words out. And some little group of kids is going to pick up on it. And they're going to be like, what was that word? Right. They're going to start using it and it's going to catch fire again. It's going to be right back. You're like, like yeah, that no, guy. I made this up. It wasn't this old I... dude that I saw at the park. There's this guy on TikTok. He's a dad and he, mm -hmm. he's got like two teenage kids and he always <laughs> he videos himself talking in their lingo. 
So he'll yeah. sit down on the couch and he'll be like, you know, I don't know any of the lingo, but he'll be like, yeah, yeah. this is so based and I'm going to dip <laughs> right. out or, you know, whatever. I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, they're like yeah. staring at him like, what are you talking about? And why are you talking to me like that? <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's amazing. You know what? I tell you Sorry, what, I tell you what, there is one that I've actually heard the kids use. Uh, most of, uh, most of them I can ignore because they're just mostly made up words, but I guess we kind of all, we kind of did the same thing back in the day. You kind of smash words together and it just becomes something. But when they use the term on God, I don't like it. I do not like it. Wait, uh, like on guard? On God. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like even know what that means. Say, like, what? Say, say something like, uh, you know, I've got I've got an issue with you, and you know, like I'm gonna come for you on God. So they're like swearing <laughs> allegiance, like like we used pretty to say, much. like I swear to God, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All That's right, the on yeah, God. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Not, don't yeah, like that one. I don't. I heard really a ten year old running around saying it, and I'm like, you don't even know God yet, man. So you can't be saying that you're with him. When my daughter Relax. was in high school, her senior year. I had, I said, Leah, what does dip mean? Why do I keep hearing this word? She's like, she's what? You don't know what that means? <laughs> like, leave, no, man. I don't. That's why I'm asking you. Like, she's like, you know, like to leave, to get out. Like, you don't want to be, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes yeah. sense now. <laughs> yeah. But the only thing is it doesn't because how does dip mean to leave? I mean, dip is what you, what you put chips in. It's <laughs> like, that's the, how that did, doesn't mean to leave. Okay. The only thing that's okay, well, leaving did, is that dip. Cause I'm okay, eating well, it. <laughs> When we say cool, I mean, what does that have to do with being like, you know, you're, you're uh, it, right? Or you're, yeah, man. I don't know. What, what would, that's what the would thing. you That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We've been doing it. We've been doing it for years, yeah. man. I'm cooler than a polar bear's toenails. <laughs> Got the coolest kicks in the cave, son. Try using that. No. It's, it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> you might get beat up. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. they wouldn't beat you up. They don't even know how to fight anymore. So, <laughs> no, that's the thing. No, they would. They would verbally beat me up on social media. They would yeah. defamate my character. Yes, that's what they would do. I don't know. What do they call Bad it? Shaming kids. now? I don't know. Whatever it is. I can't even. Sure. I don't. The lingo. It is funny, though. Like, I could go hang out with my friends right now. They're, in fact, we're probably going to be getting together shortly here. I just, we were texting. Getting the band I could together. Go, I could go go with five, six of my friends, hang out, go out to eat, have a beer. And we could talk exactly like we did back in the day and everybody would know what we were talking about and we would be laughing and having a good time remembering the old days but if anybody else was in that group they'd be like what are you talking about and why it's not even funny like you know what i mean like there is this oh but it is you had to be there (laughs) you had to be like it's there's there's this click thing like you just know like you you if you hung out with people forever you knew their mannerisms you knew everything about them they knew everything about you and they knew exactly how to talk to each other so that only us would understand. So dip means to dip out of here. Yeah, aka no say goodbye and sneak out without noticing dip out of class. Yeah, I didn't know that T was a couple of years ago until my daughter had to. It's t- also known as ghost. Enlighten me, and ghost ghosting. Yeah, that one that one makes sense. I like ghosting. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. There's other ones. I'm just like if you watch any of these TikTok stuff, I'm just like, what are they talking about? It's like a, it is a different language. Like it is, and I, but I'm sure it was the same for every generation. 
Well, they it's just cut all the words short is all harsh. that they do. They just make all the words shorter. That's all they do. Yeah. They take letters out. <laughs> you know, that's that's really all that it is. I but, think because it, it, but, it requires too much intellect to actually properly pronounce words. No, man. I think it's because of texting. Think so? You think it's because yeah. you think it all started with the T9? You think it all started with the tap, 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 tap? Think a, absolutely. Think about, look, think about. Auto spell caused this? If you had to read someone, <laughs> one of your, saying. like, if you had a high schooler right now and you read their text, you probably wouldn't understand half the text because it's all abbreviations no. and, and slang. Probably and, not. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You know, it's so, like. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. BRB, bro. <laughs> you know, like, you know, right on. I have kids that are from the same generation. So, yeah. yeah. I literally will be like, do me a favor. Use words. Because <laughs> like, I don't understand what you're saying to me yeah, right now. I, yeah, I was having that trouble too. I was like, what? <laughs> Just speak yeah. English, please. Speak to me in words. All right, Matt. Yes. Well, let's wind this thing down. Let's close up shop here. It, We're landing the been plane, people. A it's month. been real. Yeah, it was good to be back in the saddle with you, bro. I know, so, right? Let's see. We how close are we? Let's see. We're two weeks away from Christmas, roughly. Roughly today less. is the thirteenth. So we will be back days. next Wednesday. I'll try to get Rashan on. Rashan and uh, Doug. She was. I t- I texted her a couple weeks ago for the, the. She's holistic naturopath doctor. Had her on several times, but they've been busy. Hopefully, we'll get them on right before Christmas, and then we'll obviously we probably won't be around. I don't even know what day Christmas falls on this year. Where what day is it? Uh, it's uh, probably like a the day Thursday the day that Christmas is, man. Wednesday, Tuesday, somewhere. It's I think it's middle of the week this year, whatever. So yeah, we probably yeah, won't, I got we some, obviously won't be live. I got some work to do. I got some work to do ahead of me. Yesterday, I was actually at uh, I was at my co-packers and we ran like six hundred bottles of sauce, like. It was just nice. a massive, massive scale. Um, so Do you have your website together yet? That's the thing. I was taking videos and photos and everything for content on my website. Uh, you know, like the bottles going down the line and, you know, nice. the labels going on and all that uh, for website content. So I'm hoping to get my website up and running by the first of the year um, is my goal. So hopefully I can get that up and going and then you'll see, you'll see my thing down there at the bottom too. And, uh, right next to like, right. Maybe we'll have Lindell holding one of your bottles. (laughs) Right on. Just put a bottle over his face. He probably wouldn't be happy about that, but either way, (laughs) no man, it's, 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 it's getting exciting. Getting exciting. Word word to your mom, yo. <laughs> yeah. Words to your you know, mom. Did you see what Joyful June said? Uh, I was she's a, a teacher. She said I was. That's cat. I was called so federal today by a student. <laughs> what does you're that so mean? federal. That's you're so federal. I mean, does I that mean like proper? You're a educated. Fed. Like I <laughs> <laughs> a narc. Like what does that? What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, Why are you policing one. me, bro? Lock in. Oh man, that's I don't know what that means. Lock in. Lock in. Wow. Focus. Means oh, focus. It means focus. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. Lock in. Sure. Hmm. Better than zoning out, I guess. Lock <laughs> in, kids. <laughs> like focus. It would be Your hard. Future to be a depends teacher. on it. Yeah. My 
props <clears throat> to all teachers out there for sure. That's a hard job, especially oh, where yeah. she's teaching, man. She's in a really rough, she's in a rough spot there in uh, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. That's a real tough one. But anyway, we love our teachers. They, I, I'm thankful for my teachers, even though I disagreed with them most of the time growing up. <laughs> Looking back, right on like, they were really good. Like they put up with me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had some great teachers. Yeah. I had some really I bad had some ones great too. teachers. I almost fought a substitute teacher. So <laughs> did you? I mean, uh, I okay, literally means... was going to fight him. So <laughs> like, Always I was going to fight him. It means I was trying to get them to follow school rules and not chew gum in my classroom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what federal. I'm saying. <laughs> You're so federal. That's... That one why sounds be, stupid. I don't. Why you gotta be so law and enforcing? Like the Patriot Jeez. movement, we always say you're a Fed. All right, that makes more sense to me. But like, I don't get. I don't know. I don't get that one. No. By the way, our, if they're saying you're so federal, then that means there's lawlessness. So they should be able to do whatever they want. <laughs> this is gum is horrible. <laughs> gum is horrible. Don't chew it. Why? You know it's what? I was teeth. asking my son. My son's in fifth grade, and I was like. Can you chew gum? He's like, no, we're not allowed to have gum in school. Like, I didn't know that was still a thing. Well, dude, honestly, I'd say it saves a lot of desks from getting gum stuck on them. Like, you ever, you remember, you ever remember going into school and you sit, you sit there at a desk and you manage to touch the bottom? It's like, oh, it was so, oh, it's like an ecosystem down here, just encapsulated in this. It was nasty. That was so nasty. <laughs> 90s had the best slang, Chris said. I, You know what? True that. Look, I'm an 80s kid, late 70s, and like up through the 80s. Like, I think we had the best slang. Of course, every generation is going to think they have the best sure, slang. Sure, yeah, yeah. 90s did have some good slang. I will say that. Like, because that's when rap was really kind of like blowing up. And so there was like a lot of cool like catchphrases and, and slang going on. Um, but 80s had some too. I mean, we had our own brand i mean some of it's it's i think when you look back at most of it it's kind of dumb anyway <laughs> like you look back and you're like yeah i thought that was really cool but it's really stupid like so um i don't know like i i get it like there's i think every generation that comes after the one before it thinks they're the best like they think yeah we had the greatest times like like growing up in the 80s was an awesome time to be alive honestly like it was amazing times it was there was great music there was I went to so many concerts and it was just so many great memories with my friends. We had a huge crowd of friends that we all hung out with and just growing up in the neighborhood and the, all the kids that were in our neighborhood. Like, it's just not like that anymore. <laughs> Dang. Joyful I wouldn't care wow. at all. If they chewed it without making a mess, but the gum off it ends up. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I remember, Oh my gosh, Matt, I used to actually have hair. I know that's hard to believe, but I did. And I had, I had a lot of hair it. also. I have naturally I curly hair. hair which is a disaster. I had a huge Afro. My mom and dad, That's I don't amazing. know why they didn't, maybe I'll show it on the screen one time. No, you so have to, you have to now. You, yeah. you can't, you can't put that out. That's a Holy grail. You can't I, put out a I Holy grail and then not show the townspeople. If you can't my do friends, that to us. My friends and cousins never let me down. I mean, they're constantly talking about the Afro days. I, in fact, they used to call me the Pillsbury Fro boy growing up <laughs> my cousin my cousin Perfect. dino that makes the hot sauce he came up with that when i was yeah anyway That's awesome so i had a huge it. afro growing up and there's soccer pictures of me man and i'm like my hair wouldn't even fit in this you better have had a hair. pick dude you better have had a pick man <laughs> I, you better dude, have. I, was, 
I, what was I don't know what my mom and dad were thinking. I tell I tell my mom all the time, like, Did, what you couldn't put ten bucks together and get me a haircut? I said, like, what was the deal? Why would you? Well, it was in style. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was not in style when I had it. Like, I remember yeah. my grandmother. I remember one particular time. This is funny. My I went to my grandma's house to spend the night. Me and my sister did. <laughs> my grandma's like, I I literally wasn't at her house for five minutes. She's like, honey, why don't we go get your haircut? <laughs> That should have been like the first clue that it was not in style anymore. Like it was so stupid. Yeah, and I look yes, at the please. pictures. It's embarrassing. I I was, you know, it was it was huge, dude. Pictures or it like, didn't happen, dude. Pictures or it didn't happen. So That's anyway, I was saying that because Joyful June said gum in the hair. So my friends would purposely throw things in my hair to see if it would stick. And my friend Dan oh. would always throw pen pencils and they would like stick in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, like dude, but if I, was your, if I was your friend back in that day, I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, Daniel, I, I know. I shouldn't have. Thing. I didn't know you were still lurking out there, Daniel. I wouldn't have said it because now my text messages are going to blow up with Apple did she shots. hear? Did she hear the Pillsbury Froboy? <laughs> did she hear the Pillsbury Froboy comment? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's epic, That's so dude. embarrassing. It's so embarrassing looking at those That's old pictures. Epic, dude. Listen, you can see pictures of me back <laughs> in the cut. day with frosted with frosted tips. Oh, frosted man. tips, man. Did you have yes, a tail? Sir. I did have a tail when I was little. I did have a tail, a long one too. It was probably a good six to eight inches when I was see, little. I couldn't. I couldn't do hairstyles because my hair was just curly. It was just like a. There was nothing you could do with it, and so I had. My a, hair only got remember, curly when it was I would long. make like a mohawk. I would push it in, and make a mohawk. Yeah, yeah, right on a frohawk. Yeah. Frohawk, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and Gino and his frohawk. Yeah, yeah baby. How embarrassing! That's amazing. That's amazing, dude. That's 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 the stuff that that's the stuff of legend. It's it that's is the, trust me. If you came and visited, Lord. like you hung out with my friends for five minutes or my my family, it's always <laughs> about my hair. That's what it's. Yeah, you know. man. Perfect. Seriously, <laughs> I'm I mean, obsessed. I, I can't with say those froze sandwich. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I told you you have to you have to present it. I you brought will, a I'll you brought a it. grail I'll... out of the archives, and I'm gonna. Oh my gosh. Everybody, listen. I'm gonna hold him to it. I'm gonna hold him to it. I'm gonna harass hang him. Hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can find something real quick. I might have something right here. Hang on. It's good because if you don't, then I'm gonna harass you. I'm gonna I'm gonna text you in the middle of the night. Where's the fro pick? Right. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Like like that like Let's that see. that paper boy on that movie where it's like two dollars. You're gonna you're gonna hear me popping out of bushes. Where's the fro pick? <laughs> that was one. That was one. Yeah, see, see frosted hair. Yes, frosted tips like new kids on the block. Unfortunately, yes. Oh Not because of new kids on the block. I actually wasn't a fan of them. No. My sister loved them though. My sister okay. loved them. Went to one of their concerts with my sister and her friends because my parents wouldn't leave me at home. This was probably, I don't know, like 87 or whatever. And it was like one of the worst nights of my life. All I heard was crying and screaming the entire time. And I was like, <laughs> this does not work for me. <laughs> like, I mean, just all these girls, man, they were hysterical. It's like, wow, this is amazing. 
I'm having trouble locating stuff here. Hold on a second. Oh, of course you are. Conveniently. Was little, he was looking was at the picture like <laughs> right before we got on the show, but miraculously, we I can't find it. It must have gotten deleted. It's his screensaver no, on his computer, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> screensaver. Oh my gosh. Hang on a second. Come on. Yeah, instead of the instead of the bubbles bouncing around on his screen, it's a picture of his little afro head just bouncing around on his on his screen. I can't even believe I'm gonna do this if I find it. This is this should be confidential. It should never be seen ever in public. Listen, then you should have kept it in the archives. <laughs> I should have. You, should, you don't hear me talking about my past doings. I can't actually, I can probably find a picture. I'd have to, I would actually probably have to dig to find a picture with frosted tips. But actually, there's a picture of me sitting there with my firstborn daughter and my hair was highlighted. <laughs> yeah. uh, hang on a second. Let's see. Okay. Okay. No, this one's not it. Hang on. I thought that was it. I know it's in here though. Hold on. Oh my gosh. This is so stupid uh, come on and see danielle was a supporter of the backstreet boys new kids on the block my sister had all that stuff too she once threw a dart at me because i poked all the eyes out of the the new kids on the block guys on her poster <laughs> she had a poster on her door and i poked all the eyes out of it she she winged a dart at me Stuck right in my leg, too. It's crazy. I was like, I'm telling. <laughs> it was one of those metal darts, you know? Not like the little plastic ones that you see. It was one oh, of the yeah. old school, legit metal darts. And that thing sunk right into my leg. <laughs> I was just like yeah, yelling for my parents, help, help. <laughs> uh, okay, so I this one's this is not the picture I was thinking of. But this is me in what grade is this? This is probably third grade. I think this row better be grade. proper, dude. Hang on a second. Let me see. Why is his I'm talking name? like okay. this thing better be like the radius of the earth. Now, this one, <clears throat> this one's not a good one. I mean, I'll, I am trying to find my soccer picture, but I'll show this one first. Hang on. Let me zoom in a little bit because it's kind of small. Not that you need to zoom in to see my hair, but. <laughs> uh, Fills the frame. Okay. Let's see. If I can. Well, I don't know why it's not zooming in, but okay. Try this one out. So can you see, <laughs> hang on, oh, now it's not, sh there I am. Okay, see just below the gray circle with the magnifying glass? That's that's my head. Oh, right yeah. There. But that's that's relatively small. That's nothing. Okay, that that is nothing. That was in third grade probably, I think. But hang on a Dang, second. Dang, dude, there's... didn't they even, didn't they print yearbooks back then? <laughs> like they had to write the names <laughs> on there with the marker? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Hang on. There, I know there's. What, gosh, dang! The magnification is huge. Oh, she was a Duran okay, Duran fan and the Go Go's. I know. I know. <laughs> gosh, this picture! I just saw one. I look like Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm that. Where that is one it? Will not be shown. Um, <laughs> I can't. Is that the that, is I, that the Frohawk generation? Is that the yeah, Frohawk time? This was after. This was almost a moment. high top fade. Hang on, come on! I know I got this soccer picture here somewhere because somebody sent it to me. Joyful June Duran Duran. I went down a I went down a whole like this period where I was listening to Duran Duran, and then it like it somehow transitioned into like Depeche Mode, and I was just like listening to Depeche Mode, 
and then i just realized that it really made me sad <laughs> so I just, like, <laughs> it is depressing <laughs> like Julie just i had went to stop them. listening she just went to stop listening like, man. a couple weeks ago yeah okay i don't know what's going on man i look young in some of these pictures it's because you were my guy crap i don't know man I, I guess it's not here i'll have to find it i know i got it somewhere i thought all right it was... well i told you i'm gonna harass here's, you here's some... oh wait, wait this wait. is for the here's people some... here's some more school pictures maybe there's a later one <laughs> yeah, second. i'm gonna i'm gonna harass you it's man it's for the people out here the people the people want to know the people want they to do. see they want to know okay this is fifth grade but <laughs> gosh these are horrible all right hang on let's all right, this one, this is when it started growing, okay? This is probably about half as big as it got. See me down here? Oh, my cursor's not showing up. Why is it saying yep. Ben Wallace? <laughs> That's weird. I don't know, but you definitely aren't Ben Wallace. No, see, okay, tags removed. Okay, see me in the white, okay, that is Todd, Todd Smith. Why are the tags showing up? This is stupid. <laughs> Quit showing tags. Okay, right above Todd Smith, where that showed up, that's me with the big afro right there. But that's that's only half size. Like it got way way bigger than that. Let it so rock. Let me see if there's why does uh unlimited says check text, Gino. Here, <laughs> Froboy. Look, somebody even wrote it. Froboy. Look, <laughs> the tag. <laughs> see me in the red striped shirt down there, Froboy. Oh, that's I see hilarious. you there, Froboy. One of my one of my friends must have did that idiots okay hold on <laughs> idiots come on that's epic dude more. those these are horrible though these aren't as big as it got i gotta find the soccer picture that is the ultimate here's the thing matt i literally i'm not joking i looked like a q-tip i weighed about okay so <laughs> the that the picture i'm thinking of was i think in seventh grade I probably weighed 110 pounds soaking wet, and I had this massive ball on my head. It was That's perfect. I mean, dude. I could have been the the best Q-tip ever for for Halloween. Um, I just got home. It's good to see you, Mandy, Mom. Michael's missed Michael's opportunity, wife, Mandy, my guy. Yes, Danielle. No way, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't say you look like Vanilla Ice. I I want to show that picture, but it's too embarrassing. <laughs> It's so you're you do you're digging a hole, bro. That, that's all I you're am, doing. I don't, you're incriminating get, yourself. How did it get here? That's what I want to know. I don't know, man. I think it was fate. Oh, gosh. And there's some pictures I'd show, but my wife's in it and she would be like really ticked off. <laughs> she knew I did that. Yeah. Let's maintain it's the... so it's so weird. Like, look, and let me I'm trying to see if I can find one more that's better than that. I know I had that soccer picture in here somewhere, and it's not. I'm telling you, his wife has got it framed in the like in the living room right now, Dude, because I... it was so epic, and he oh, just well. can't find it. All right, can't find it. Sorry, I will Shoot. find it. I promise. I'll put it up here because it's it's worth a laugh. <laughs> so well, you can't you have laugh to. at yourself, Matt. Honestly, That's I would pay I'm anything saying, to get some of that hair back. Now I would pay. Listen, bro. Me. My hair, my hair is all migrating south. My hair moved from my head to my face. <laughs> Isn't it you know? weird? It's it so is weird. what it is. I mean, I still have some hair up you here, but not a whole hair. lot. Yeah. <laughs> not a whole lot. I remember. Yeah, my hairline used to come down to right about here. <laughs> Mine was straight not across, so man. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> straight across. I, if I could. I know it sounds like a vanity thing, but honestly, I would get a hair transplant in two seconds and be thrilled with it. 
Danielle knows. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. Like I would, I would totally pay and get a transplant. I, there's a plumber, or not a plumber. He's a, he paints bathtubs for me when I flip houses. And one, he's like only in his thirties, and he was losing all of his hair. And one day he's like, he's like, man, I'm going to Indiana. I'm getting a hair transplant. It's like the best place around. I said, well, how much is it? Eleven grand. And he oh. wasn't even. He was just like had a really bad receding hair. What's your confidence it. worth, Gino? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Wait, you found it? Are you kidding me, Chris? Hang on a second. Hang on. <laughs> uh, that's really good. He said, All right, hang he on. said, check hang the text. Okay. Did you hear I don't what know I said? If I he could... said, check. I don't the text. <laughs> it, I gotta say, this actually looks kind of like what I would have looked like. Hang on a second. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> can you see? Hang on. I'll tilt it a little so you can. <laughs> he put an afro on me. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> okay, that's funny. That it did kind of look like that. I'm not gonna lie. My face looked like a little <laughs> circle. That was oh, the one hairstyle I couldn't pull off because my hair didn't. It wasn't dense like that. Yeah. yeah, mine was so thick. It was crazy. My my cousin used to cut my hair, and he said his fingers would have blisters when he was done. <laughs> I'm joking. Thank you. Uh, he was just a whittle fro boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should have never let that cat boy. out of the bag. I will never. Now it's going to be stickers of me with big fros. And <laughs> you bet your, you bet your, you bet your bottom. It will be, sir. Oh, stickers man. coming your way. Mm-hmm. That's right. We need to get, um, we need to get, I wonder, actually, I wonder if they have, uh, uh, mm, mm, I don't have them anymore, unfortunately. But I bet you there's probably a filter that'll put a I'll put a fro on you right now. You're muted. Oh, what's that? Uh, Snapchat has all kinds of those things on there. Oh yeah, yeah. That's they're... where I'm gonna be going to make your filters. Okay. <laughs> like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna rule your facebook page man i can't believe i don't have it on here oh well all right your loss yeah i'll find it i promise i'll find it for next week i'll have it it's somewhere i'm sure my wife's got it somewhere <laughs> oh i know that she they... does she's got it like yeah hidden away oh, in a think... little treasure chest thanks chris she's i love like... it too man yeah, man. Chris, I think your next tattoo should be me with a big afro. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Just All right, man. I'm wrapping this boy. thing up. I'm, Let's I'm land the plane. Tired. Before we go, though, Matt, we are now on podcasting platforms such as Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcast, and Pandora, and a few others, but those are the main ones. You can just... Go in the search bar, put in Insight, I-N-S-I-T-E, and you will find I've got a bunch of shows uploaded. And from now on, I think every show is going to be uploaded, I think, or I'm going to try if I remember. Um, Where are you going to find and us? And so, yes, you can find us on Twitter, Rumble, Foxhole, uh, and on all those other great platforms. So if you're interested and you just want to cruise around your car and listen to an idiot with a microphone, I'm always there. Right. Right, man. <laughs> and his and his witty and hilariously funny co-host yes absolutely 
all my co-hosts are witty and funny and i'm just the idiot so yeah he said it <laughs> you were thinking it <laughs> i didn't say it though <laughs> all right we're out of here i am tired and hungry I, I don't know why I'm hungry. I, I ate before I came on, but I'm hungry again. You know what I'm going to make, Matt? I love when we make roast for dinner. Grilled cheese like sandwich. Today, no, no, no. Today was like pork roast. I love taking the the celery, the carrots, and the potatoes out and making an omelet out of them. Okay. Dream it, it, you dreamer. Delicious. Yes. There's no That's rules. Do. Red, white, and blue fro. <laughs> yep. If we I could, roast, Chris, if I had hair, I'd, I'd grow. Did you? Pork roast or yeah. uh, beef? Beef. Where's oh, the beef? Thanks, Joyful Jew. Thank you. They're Gino saying nice things the to us because they, they they know my feelings have been hurt. <laughs> my yeah. thin skin. <laughs> That's right. All those arrows getting fired at you. Right. Oh, well. Good times. Good memories. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, bro. It was good to be back in the saddle with you. I hope. Yes, uh, sir. We, we did it. Didn't hurt anybody's Thank you feelings to with all everyone those. hanging so with us. Scriptures. Yep. Everybody have a great night. Be blessed. Tomorrow night, rescue the Fosters with our host Sylvia Beachy. Hopefully she's back. Sylvia, if you're out there, we love you, sis. She's sick. She's been very sick the last couple of days, but hopefully she's on. Get the well soon, Danielle. I and hopefully Sylvia will be back tomorrow. Rescue the Fosters, seven thirty on Insight Channel right here. Also uh sunday let's see saturday night megan walsh the re-examined show that we have together our sixth episode going through the evidence of adam walsh's murder uh and then back with the blender again on sunday we had a great blender last week it was with joe jordan the alien guy i love having joe on it was so fun but uh love you all thanks for joining us tonight joyful june said the usual hairstyle i had growing up with that dorothy hamill i remember that everybody had that yep my mom still thinks that there's the best hairstyle of me. Yeah, that Dorothy Hamill was something else, wasn't it? Everybody had that look. You probably don't even know who Dorothy Hamill is, do you, Matt? Why would I? <laughs> That's what I thought. She was a figure <laughs> skater. She won the Olympics or something, and everybody had to have that haircut. But uh, it was like this little like bowl cut thing. It was kind of like Danielle said she had a, like a bowl cut too. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, all right, we're out. I'm tired. Good show, bro. <laughs> good night, everybody. Everybody have a good night. Take care. See ya. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go.